Well, there it goes. The... Saturday, July 15th, 2023, to the 903rd episode of Dave's Gone By. Conmigo, Dave Lefkowitz, and my darling and adorable wife, Joyce Ego, here. Who? Well, it's Conmigo, you are Joyce Ego. Contigo or Conmigo? Well, I am Conmigo is with me. Contigo is with you, right? Something like that? Conmigo. I don't know. I think it's like... Amigo. Yeah, yeah. As we go, amigo together. Yes, true. Um, <laughs> I'm so, excited today. So excited about doing this episode. With this. I'm very excited every it's episode. Good to eat the crunchies. Yeah. Well, we had cereal for breakfast, so we're all raring to go. Although it, the cereal does, it doesn't have bran. It has flax in it. Is it going to make me poop in the no, middle of that? No, it doesn't have flax. It doesn't have flax at all. Or bran? Or what does it have in there? They're called heritage flakes. Yeah. I don't, I, there's no bran. I don't. I... Well, does it have anything in there? That that Wait, works. What's in Heritage Flakes cereal? According to Target, ingredients: Kamut Corson wheat flour, Kamut, whole wheat meal, cane sugar, whole oat flour, spelt flour, spelt barley, <laughs> barley millet, barley malt extract, quinoa, quinoa, sea salt, honey. Well, they're good. They're actually very tasty. Yeah, there's there's no there's no laxative. There's nothing in there that's. Well, how come you have it? What's why is it healthy? Because it's. Um, it's processed, but it's low, it's with low additives. So, mm. yeah. Cool. Well, I, I, I thought they, they threw all this bran in there to get your uh, colon going. Wow. What? What then? I think for their, their brand, it's their number one selling uh, cereal. Oh. Well, wait, it, that's not Trader. Who is that? That's No, not... that's a brand called Nature's Path. Oh, sorry. sorry. Got it. Yeah. But Trader Joe's, they have a delicious oatmeal room. They canceled it. They don't make it no more. Yeah, where every once in a while it shows up for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you buy like three boxes. Well, and then it's gone. No, I read like a thing about Costco and Trader Joe's. Yeah. Sometimes what happens is it's not based on customer need. It's that that, that supplier will no longer make it for that off-brand or brand. It makes it only for somebody else. So it's really, it's a supply chain issue. Yeah. Remember when Trader Joe's used to make chocolate-covered peanuts? Oh, like Ubers. I used to love, there was so, peanuts. Not raisins, oh, they still make the yeah, raisins. But now everyone's allergic. But they have peanut butter. Yeah. I have raisins. No, but, but you, oh, if you're allergic, know. you don't have to buy it. But they stop. They they have for about a year. I'm bitching. I am. They used to make chocolate-covered peanuts and peanut clusters. Say <laughs> <laughs> so this color um, at Trader Joe's. I would buy them. Oh, well, my I, mother loved the clusters. Yeah, they had yeah. like a new, uh, caramel, caramel. I don't know. I didn't like the ones that were stuck together, but sometimes oh, yeah. they would just be, they weren't neat. Like you open a package of goobers in the yeah. movie theater and there's round little nuggets yeah. like rabbit shit or, or, um, or as I wish we you discovered know, you, deer shit. You make it sound so appealing. <laughs> well, I should because I don't want people getting hungry for these oh, yeah. and then going to Trader Joe's and realizing they don't make them anymore. You know what you sound like? What do I sound like? <laughs> Back there, in case you're wondering, <laughs> we're going to leave him there. You have to that zoom in. Fellow? That, of course, is Melvin G. Mintz over the zero there. Let Melvin, we discovered him about two weeks I ago. I him in the, in the paper. 
right? Yes. I mean, I'm well, 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 we showed them last week, but we'll you know is it, is share them again. Melvin or just Mel? Mel. Mel Mintz. Does he have another? Uh, He's not Larry Bud Mel Mintz. He's just Melvin G Mintz. Does he have like a, a middle initial? G. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, we just saw him in a magazine as as we were paging through locally. And there was this picture of him. <laughs> so people can see it up close, right? And he's a perfectly normal, he's a lovely man, older yeah. Jewish-looking yes. gentleman. And yet there's just he, something about this picture. He's a political figure yeah. of some sort. He is a council member. And, wow. And that. Successful businessman, politician, council member, Melvin G. Mintz. And yet I see this, and I ripped it out of the magazine. Yeah, he's which was horrible because somebody was reading the magazine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said... What's in that <laughs> we need to share the beauty, the wonder, and the magic well, that is Melvin G. Mintz. He looks so self-assured, you know? Like, yeah. He looks so, he, it's, he looks so self-assured and happy. And then I, I see this picture, and I'm like, how can I torture my wife? And I'm like, let me do the voice of what I think Melvin G. Mintz is, which is this incredibly friendly, um, loud, oversharing, half-deaf, Jewish older man. Like, how are you? I'm Melvin G. Mintz. What can I do for you today in your district? <laughs> and I would do this at like 2 o'clock in the morning when Joyce is trying to sleep. You know, I was looking for to put, put today the little, the, the wiggly man. He's not, he's in there yeah, somewhere. I know, I know. Or I think I may put him up. This is one of those places. Yeah. But you don't need a wiggly man when you got, when you got, oh, oh, there are. Hold on, I'm putting the code. Here we go, Melvin G. Mintz. I have to protect my phone because I don't want people getting access to the mints, you know? I know, I know. Uh, yeah, well, you should make him your screensaver on your computer. I nicknamed him Breath Mints just because, but no. Yeah. Fresh no. Mints, you always know, have little. No, he's either going to be my screensaver yeah. or. Not the ginger. And we'll, we'll get to the museum in a little bit. But, I don't have the ginger. Oh, no, no, not even that. No, yesterday, Joyce and I are heading over. So, to see a museum in Baltimore. Why does his LinkedIn profile say Melman's retired nun? Excuse me. No, like retired N O N E. Like what? Oh, it's not. I it may not have a birthday. It may not have a location. Yeah, but location. I've never seen that in a. Like usually your LinkedIn profile, it would say like your name or something. Never I'll say what he is not a retired nun. It says LinkedIn nun. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Melman's has well-rounded knowledge of how to provide the uh, the reverse mortgages. Oh no, that's not him. Of oh. his clients, no. No, that's different another, guy, different guy. Sorry. That's an imposter mince. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. We, need to, we need to go after him, uh, you know, stab him and, and spear mince. Oh, mince wing the style of O-style politics. And pepper him with questions so he would be peppermints. Uh, anyway, um, also, Joyce and I, yesterday, we, we, we actually went somewhere. We, we, did, we had an excursion. And we went to Baltimore City, to, you know, nice part of Baltimore City, to check out their art museum. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And it's, it's a fine museum, tons of Matisse's, uh, which I like Matisse more, but okay. Uh, but going there, going there, I had no idea about this. Why nobody told me about this is beyond me. But on the way, we're, we're, we're taking an Uber, we're splurging on Uber because I don't want to drive, and we're... Passing, we're going through and we're going down, you know, the road and the high guy takes I-83, I think it is, or 683, boom, 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 getting into just towards Baltimore Central. And I'm looking around, and suddenly there's a billboard. 
And you're really getting like a billboard. You got like a, it's becoming very, very urban. And you're seeing stores and buildings and office buildings and stuff and shops. But to my right, I catch it and I see this really enormous billboard out of nowhere, right along the highway. And I, ha I literally, I think I did a double take. Literally did a double take. Because I'm looking, I'm like, oh! I'm glad the driver didn't crash the car. Because I was just like, hung, you know, my wife being hung, looking, hung, hung, you know, pointing, yelling, looking out the window at this billboard. And it is not, um, you know, sometimes we have local billboards for some patcher, pastor or preacher who's got a gazillion dollars and is coming to talk at the local convention center and do, you know, shepherd his Christian flock and so on. And it's not for some Hollywood movie. And it's not for some item that you get at the grocery store or the drugstore. Or one time we went, where was it? I think we were in Virginia missing. And everywhere it was just the, the same law firm. Like this father-son, 60-year-old law firm had posters and signage everywhere. And had this beautiful building downtown. So, all right, none, no, 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 none of that. We're driving along, riding along. And I see a billboard, long like cinemascope, Panavision, blue with a wave. Two words, gonorrhea alert. Who knew? Who knew? Somebody was alerting the world to hopefully the fact that they don't have gonorrhea. But, but out of nowhere in this time of getting through COVID still, you know, the pandemic crisis still, in times of stroke and heart attack and high blood pressure, you know, in times of Alzheimer's, no. Gonorrhea alert. And I'm thinking, what the, and, it, and you see a bit of wording on the signage of who the hell it's from, and they give you a, a website. And we look it up, of course, it's the first thing we look up when we get home, because it's like, we're astonished, and we don't have time to take a photo in the moving car, so we have to remember, we, oh, you know, we saw get, a billboard with gonorrhea on it. Did, did you get the, I sent you the link, you want it? Um, I, I can't I'll get, show I'll get it. I'll get it on the phone. I'll get it on the phone, yeah. No, I know I sent it to you, right? So I'll put up some email. Um, and I, I look at Joyce and we're like, we're like, and the driver's like shaking his head and we're just like, gonorrhea alert. Okay, we so, don't, so this is, yeah. I'm going to give you yeah. all the advertisements, including the one you like about, um, just don't click on the side where the buttons are. Oh, all right, all right. If you go down, it's David. Look at me. Yeah, right, 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 right. Go all the way down. That's the. But first, let me show. Joyce, of course, found the billboard that we saw. This is on the highway. We literally see this. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I should put. I just just do the show on like um, screen share, but gonorrhea alert, and then they give you a website, and it's paid for. It's put together by this not for profit out you of said California. The stats are from 2019. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. There's, I'll find the other one for you. Yeah, there's the um. They're an AIDS coalition out of the West Coast. I don't know. Are they just HIV? Or well, they call themselves. They're literally, their thing is AIDS health or AIDS fix or AIDS something. <coughs> and, of course, they deal with all sorts of STDs and things like that. So they wanted to alert, particularly Baltimore, not any other state, not any other place in I the do, Union. I feel like their gentrification sucks. One. Not Amsterdam. No, 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 it's like, let's put this in the middle of downtown Baltimore. Oh, 
gonorrhea all right hold it because i'll get I'll to it because there's more yeah thank I'll, you I'll um and first of all i think why baltimore and when we look on the website we look on um oh good lord when we look and try and see why well, we want to see what they're the doing origin, this. because like yeah. Anybody could put up a, not anybody, they're costly, but yeah. anyone could put up a billboard if you could pay for it. But we were curious as to who was the funder. And right? why? Yeah, yeah. So we're looking and they say, oh, the incidences of gonorrhea, I guess in our locale, had gone up from about 9,000 cases to over 11,000 cases from year to year. And first of all, that's, compared to how many people had COVID, compared to how many people die of cancer. Yeah, but that's not their area, like. They're STI, so they're looking at sexually transmitted infections. So they care about COVID, but their focus is on things you get from... And, and compared to the herp, I'll bet. It's, you know... Yeah, but there are differences. Like gonorrhea, the, what they're trying to hit hard against mm -hmm. is drug-resistant. So, like, yeah. when there yeah. was drug-resistant TB in New York and I worked in TB control, that was a nightmare because mm -hmm. the medication can't cure... It gets worse. Yeah, the yeah, diseases yeah. get stronger. Yeah, the disease because, gets more virulent. Yeah. Yes, and I mean that's more um, um, resistant to antibiotics. So that's what I think. They, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. That and apparently, it's really gonorrhea, really rampant in coffee shops. Well, drip coffee, but they. Oh. No, so so, but I'm looking at the numbers on this, and it's like, oh wait a minute, the gonorrhea uh, is is leaping up. Sort of percentage-wise, not in terms of real numbers. <laughs> but the first number from 2018 to 2019, yeah, and that's the last year that they have the actual data on this. When they did the study, which is not a study I want to perform, even with IRB approval. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I go to. It's not a verbal. Can we? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. No, I mean, you don't want to show people. You get. You know how you get it. I'll tell you. Well, I know how you no, get no, it. The way that you get gonorrhea statistics is for every Department of Health, gonorrhea is a reportable disease. Mm -hmm. So when there's a diagnosis made in a, any kind of health setting, they have to report it to the state. Oh. That's how they get the numbers. Yeah. All right. All right. So, but still, 2019. I get it. Fine. You know, scary. Goes up a year. Did anybody even think with this billboard up there that they put up not three years ago? But they put up recently um, that in 2020, like, a lot of strangers stopped fucking for a year. No, yeah. Uh, no people were having sex for people who knew each other. David, there's another, there was another pandemic to address. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, I bet you that from 2019 through 2021, gonorrhea numbers went like, boom. Because, you're not, you know, you're going to get gonorrhea from hookers, from people you no, don't no, know. No, from, that's not true. Mm. Hookers, you, you, what are we, 1950s Melmans? Anybody could have You could get it from a spouse, but the spouse would have had to be banging someone who had it. Which probably could happen. Maybe in an apartment building, there's a lot of downtime. All right, maybe. I am, I am dollars to donuts, so I'll buy you dinner uh, at some point. We ever go out for dinner. But no, I'll buy you dinner um, if between 19 and 21, the numbers went up. Okay. Maybe 21 and 22, they went up. I love how... The, the, you know I can lie with data, right? So. Uh, so, no, but you know how like the New York Post likes to make New York look like it's turned into an unbelievable hell of crime and homelessness yeah. because the numbers have just jumped. Mm -hmm. And New York has gone there. I mean, there's no, no question. It's, it's, it's crime and crazy people are a problem. But is it really a shock 
that more people are being mugged and shot in 2022 than they were in 2020 when nobody went outside? It's called lying with data. People do it all yeah. the time. I mean, you could, and you don't know, like, my thing is, which I love, one of my students at a conference, she was so funny, a big organization in aging put out this whole database, and she was hysterical, and she said, where the data from? And they couldn't answer it. Whoa. So you don't know where people, I mean, they're not, like, reporters are not statisticians. Yeah. And they're getting data from somewhere, and it might be bad. So, anyway, we look up the... Yeah, we want to, we want to understand. We're curious people. Now, I don't know where they, they get all... Well, they're out in Hollywood. Yeah. So they must have some people bankrolling this not-for-profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fine, because what they're telling people is, please be careful. If you're having yeah. sex, wear condoms, be yeah, safe, yeah. get yourself checked for it. Not just, uh, certainly AIDS, certainly yeah. HIV. And, and so they have sometimes very eye-catching, cute billboards that they put all over the country. Things for, you know, condoms and, um, well, let me show one with an actual, not a condom on a, on a penis, but okay, here's this is this one's clever. Get I think it, get they it. said their goal was to have advertising of like no more than four to six words, right? To make a message simple. Yeah, that's clever. Because you're gonna you're driving along sixty miles yeah. an hour. <laughs> you know you're not gonna remember what is it gonorrhea. Well, here's here's so but ah. What do you want? Your phone suddenly froze on it. Oh, here it goes. Got it. So we're we're scrolling through all the different billboards that they've done mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, like here's a, I don't want to make them too big, but like here's HIV, no problem, C, no problem. clever stuff, stuff that's going to catch the eye. Mm -hmm. And remember, or catch we're banking on seeing a billboard called gonorrhea alert. Alert. At alert, some alert. point. And alert, they took alert. your alert from your, um, your Lupton alert. I should, yeah. And then we see this on the website. They must have done this, I guess, on the West Coast. This is real. Ladies and gentlemen, the syphilis tsunami, which is easier to read than to say, <laughs> the syphilis tsunami. How many people are getting syphilis? You know who likes that? Mo from, no. the, Mo from the Simpsons. Mo Sislak, that's right. He used to eat penicillos for breakfast. Yeah. I think the funniest thing, they have one that's mimicking, you know, Bernie Sanders' hand, and it says, feel the burn, mm. but it's for STD burn. Mm. That's horrible. But clever. But horrible. But clever. Yeah. So... We went to we did all these things yesterday. The most memorable thing is seeing a giant billboard oh, no, with gonorrhea that. alert on it. Here, no, we, we saw some wonderful art, but really, are we going to remember the art? I, here, take some. Remember the tree, the tree one you don't want to show yet. Yeah, we'll show that later rainbow. with, with you tell me what you want. I'll give you a picture. Um, well, let's see. So we have about 10 minutes because our guest is going to be in the neighborhood. Let me explain. Now we have a oh, guest. Oh, well, wow. You saw some wonderful art. Oh, let, let's see. Joyce doesn't wish to, so um, there's so much to talk about. We've only got uh, like 10 minutes before. We can continue like, after. Yeah, yeah. But I want, to, I want to get to this. The Baltimore Museum of Art, right? Not modern, just Baltimore Museum of Art. Big, world-class museum. And they have a sculpture garden. A lot of Matisse, right? Tons of Matisse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they went to this woman named Cohn, whatever, mm -hmm. something Cohn, had this enormous Matisse collection that she either sold or willed or whatever mm -hmm. to the museum, and they got so they got like fifty Matisses, and they're just Picasso, all over the place. They had, um, yeah, they had like two or three Picassos, no Callos. I'm sorry. They had Miro. Uh, yeah, they have one or one or two Miros. They had a Montreal. They had yeah, Warhol. They world class museum kind of a thing. I didn't see a Dali, unfortunately. Uh, uh -huh. 
But they had, they had what they had. And then in their sculpture garden, kind of, yes, other people would be embarrassed or ashamed by this. But there's certain There's sculptures in, in the garden. One of, I should have figured out what this actual sculpture was. A, was a, so it was a, it was a horse right. with a rider reclining on the horse and resting, and the horse had his tushy up. I don't think it was right. I think there, there was something really messed up, like a guy like stretched out and spading along the back of a horse, and it, it, oh. it didn't look like it was a, a calm, like resting happy horse. So it looked like this emaciated dying oh, horse by, and a rider. That's like, why art is so subjective. I yeah. that Maybe. And for some insane reason, rather than giving the horse a it's tail, a or maybe the horse had a tail and somebody... No, no, it. it's a star. It's a sculpture. Or maybe it was a fountain at some point. But instead of a tail, the artist gave the horse a very pronounced and indented asshole. I don't know why. It looked kind of like a burpee or something, right? What was a burpee? I, I don't know. It had like a unique... Yeah. So, of course, I'm like, hun, get the camera. There's another picture, too. This is, this is me sticking my finger in the asshole of a sculpted horse. Now try to swipe. Uh, let me see if I'm very... I, <laughs> I tried to wipe. It was over 90 degrees, and we that was right after we had eaten our yummy... We had, what, crab shrimp? Chowder? Yeah, we, we, had, uh, we had some really nice um, lunch there. But yeah. but it, it isn't so much about me doing a stupid, you know, silly um, photograph of sticking my finger in, in a sculpture's asshole. It's why design a did sculpture... Did you show both? With, yes, I did. Yeah. With a prominent... Rectum, you know, when you, if you're trying to make a statement about horses or men and beast or war or resting or the beauty of communication of the the human and animal world, this is sweet. This is going to be like one of the, the photos Joyce and I remember forever. There's a, a a whole room is just this sculpture. It's a circle with a white bar of light, and that's the two of us singing. Basically, the most important thing about this was we got to sit on a bench for a bit. <laughs> and behind us is a classical sculpture in color. It's beautiful. Yeah, I know, but, but it was like, you know, we've been walking around and walking was 90-something degree heat, and then, oh, look, a quiet, cool room where they were all air-conditioned, but let's sit on the bench for a bit. Oh, this is nice. And then we took a picture, and it reminds me, actually, literally, reminds me of the Gordon Willis uh, shot and scene from Annie Hall of Woody Allen and Diane Keaton just sitting on that bench by the um, the water in Manhattan. Anyway, let me give me a uh, little time here because I need to announce and say who's going to be on the show because they're in the waiting room already. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and get up. Let me get up. So, we'll be about five minutes, but I want to let you know we're calling this episode Great Scott. Ooh. Great Scott. Why? Because we have a guest in the neighborhood, an actress who has been on TV for, for, yeah, for quite a few years. Let me actually get my notes. Best known for her very long run of all these different roles in the TV series Dark Shadows, Ooh. which was this gothic-y drama, creepy soap opera um, that, that ran, I guess it was, I guess, the 60s or 70s. And then she also, check this out, because Rabbi Saul Solomon is going to be interviewing Catherine Lee Scott, because she was also in all these movies. Movies with people like George C. Scott, 
with people like Jimmy Stewart. That's who's on stage with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, wow. Jimmy Stewart. That is man. Cool. How many people can say that, right? How many people can say they were in a John Wayne movie? This one was in a John, John Wayne. Wayne. Say that. Yeah, yeah, John Wayne could say that. He was still with. Yeah. But um, she's had a life. She's had a career, and she's still writing. She's putting out books now. Um, and and she will go. You, you can actually see her in person, meet her, and I guess have her autograph stuff at the Mad Monster Expo. Oh, that's funny. Two thousand twenty-three in Concord, North Carolina. Mad Monster, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll be prepping for school, and otherwise I'd be down there. But it's August twenty fifth through the twenty seventh. You're scared of monsters. To, yeah, yeah. But Catherine Lee Scott is going to be with us in just a couple of minutes, chatting with the one, the only, the Jewish Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder of, and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. So yeah, pretty exciting show. After the rabbi's chat with Catherine. There's going to, oh, sorry, Ms. Lay Scott. Uh, um, he might call her Catherine or, or yeah. Miriam or if he's what, a, what, a what Jewish name. What's her uh, Hebrew name for I Catherine? I don't know. Not, not Catherine not too sure. Um, I don't know. Cats? Cats? I, I don't know. Uh, there will be a trivia game, as we always do, often do. The Today, Yesterday trivia quiz, where Catherine Lee Scott will stay on to play our trivia game opposite some beloved people. Vicky Quadi, the uh, co-creator of Late Night Catechism, and she also does a couple of other shows out there, long-running shows out there in Chicago, and our wonderful musical friend out in Canada, Moshe Denberg. Oh, wow. So we've got a great, great panel. That's a, that's a tough uh, team, yeah. They're going to be good. This is going to be a great quiz, the Today Yesterday Trivia Quiz. Plus, we will have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, and we will have Greeley Crimes and Old Times based on items in the Greeley Tribune newspaper. And what else? I think that'll do it. I mean, those times we'll talk a little bit more about our week, because there's lots of wonderful things to talk about. And, and folks, gonorrhea alert. Anyway, want to remind you that Day of Gone By has been airing live or thereabouts from... October of 2002, and we're on from 9 in the morning until noon-ish Eastern Time, thereabouts, in the neighborhood, mixing humor and talk and culture and strange, zany, how you even explain it stuff, every single week. This is our 903rd episode, and if you want to check out basically every single episode we've ever done, minus one or two that didn't come out for technical reasons, you can find them. Davesgoneby.com. Daves, with a V like my name, Davesgoneby.com. You can also find our archives at archive.org. It's a nonprofit website that gathers art and culture and history and music and old radio and old TV from whenever. Literature, too, from centuries ago. All in one not-for-profit place. And we have a channel there, the Daves Gone By channel, at archive. Org. You can also get the audio archives at castbox.fm. Remember, those are audio only, so they're for downloading. They're for, you know, if you're into the podcasting thing, you can listen to us where you're going. I know someone wrote to say that they're going to be listening to the show, so they're on their way somewhere, they're driving or, or taking a thing, so they can't watch. Um, and, and so they're going to listen to the show. They're listening, I hope, 
right now uh, through their Facebook feed. But anyway, so many ways to connect with and to find the archives and the wonders of this program. Well, one of the wonders is that we get famous and really fun and interesting people with these great lives and careers like Catherine Lee Scott, who's going to join us in the neighborhood momentarily to chat with the one, the only, the Jewish Rabbi Saul Solomon. <laughs> Shalom, my enemies. This is your old pal, Rabbi Saul Solomon. I am founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches. And oh, oh, aren't we excited? We are waiting for the entrance into the neighborhood of a TV star. Oh, here she is. Here she is. <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. And, and even the framing, uh, 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 except she froze. She momentarily froze. Come back, Catherine Lee Scott. Come back to us. Don't go away. The, the spirit uh, of is calling you. I up, oh, head, hello, move, wiggle a little bit. There you are. Hello. <laughs> hello to you, Catherine Lee Scott. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I've got my morning coffee, and I'm pleased to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that you have a refreshing beverage. Ooh. Be with us. <laughs> oh, did it spill? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, light. we're fine. <laughs> I was just savoring the coffee. This is important. So your your voice seems okay. Your your video's a little bit on the freezy What's side. Happening? Oh, there we go. Just just try not to. I don't know. Maybe don't wiggle your foot because it's it's taking too much bandwidth. I don't know where where where. Oh, there you. I'm seeing you smiling. I think we're better. I think uh, you might freeze here and there, but as long as we can talk to you and hear you, this is good. So. Welcome, by the way. Welcome to the good. day. Good morning to you. How are you? How are you? How are you? You're half frozen is how you are. I'm, I, uh, my family is in good health. Uh, I've got a wonderful boyfriend. <laughs> how can I complain? All right. How did you meet your, you know, I, I, I'm hoping it wasn't Grinder. How did you meet the boy that you're seeing now? How did I meet my boyfriend? Yes. Did you? Yes. I want to know to, to share. How did you meet your, your current uh, beau? My, my boyfriend and I are well, well. We're both writers, and a mutual friend who's a writer said, "You know, you really ought to meet this guy. He's really great fun." Um, as as well, I lost my husband twelve years ago. He lost his wife four years ago, and uh, and um, or five years ago. Anyway, uh, we met um, just um, three years ago, and it's just been bliss. Oh, mazel, mazel! Now, do you see the big M word? I'm very lucky. 
is very lucky. You know, I don't think so. Uh, you know, if, uh, I've been, um, uh, I'm selected to have this wonderful relationship. I'm not sure that we'll get married. We, um, we haven't really talked about that. It, it doesn't feel like it's wholly necessary. <laughs> Well, yeah, but if you ever need someone to conduct the ceremony, yeah, my fees are listed on my website. So you, you, it's just you're I out there, you know, and and I get to eat free at the uh, at the party. What a nice offer! Thank you, thank you. Now I have not yet mentioned that why people know this woman, why they know Catherine Lee Scott. The main reason, although there's lots of reasons to know her, is first of all, she was on the TV program Dark Shadows in several different roles for several different years. Dark Shadows was this gothic uh, soap opera on American television that, that uh, people watch. But you've also done a bunch of movies. We'll talk about a bit about that. And you've written books, as you've already kind of mentioned. And let's remind everybody, she is going to be live. You can see this beautiful woman in person live. I mean, her boyfriend gets to do it for free. You can pay some money to go see her at the Mad Monster Expo 2023. This is happening in Concord, North Carolina in late August, August 25th, 26th, and 27th. For more information, go to madmonster.com. So what are you going to be? Are you going to be signing things? Are you going to be uh, talking with people, performing? You're going to be juggling? What are you going to do at the Mad Monster Expo? The reason why I do these, uh, uh, and I don't do them very often, but I really enjoy meeting the fans of Dark Shadows. And of course, I, you know, I signed the books, uh, mostly uh, Dark Shadows Return to Colin, which, which is a book I wrote several years ago, about five decades of Dark Shadows. But it's also fun to just chat with fans, answer their questions, and find out about them. You know, so many kids, uh, you know, ran home from school to watch the show. And now we have three, maybe four generations of, of fans who are still watching it because it's streaming. Uh, so to find out what their experience was. Um, and I think because of the role that I played, Maggie Evans and Josette Dupre, uh, the main squeeze of uh, vampire Barnabas Collins. Um, I can't tell you how many people say, you got me through a terrible childhood. The best memory I have was running home from school and sitting on the couch and watching Dark Shadows with my grandma. Um, and, and it's just, it's wonderful that. Oh, oh, to see this thing that you did uh, really an impact his life. You're freezing a little bit, but we got most. Of Were you a fan? Um, oh, I, I wasn't old enough. I, okay. I, I'm only 26, uh, so as a, but I, I'm going to rediscover them on streaming and on YouTube. But let me ask, what is the funniest or most weird question a fan has asked you at one of these monster com things? Oh, gosh. I, uh, oh, I, I get asked such crazy things. Well, first of all, you know, when people, when you come into people's living room, uh, uh -oh. every day they get to know you as sort of a friend and expect me to talk about Pop, the guy who has played my father on the show or my boyfriend, Joe, or, <laughs> um, you know, they kind of uh, conflate Catherine Lee Scott, the actress, with those roles. So that's kind of funny because you have to gently, because it, it's meaningful to them, 
you have to kind of gently lead them back to reality. I mean, did you ever really come across like crazy people who live in that way, you know, think you're a vampirist or they want to bite your neck or something or, or be like Jonathan Fred? No. No, no I, I like to think that the Dark Shadows fans are a, a cut above other <laughs> other fans. They are um, fans of this program, I'll tell you that. that. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they really... Um, they're really great fun to talk to, and a lot of them have gone into wonderful fields. Uh, you know, they they uh, they're very successful, and and it's fun to talk to them and and to see, uh, you know, what the little kid was that watched you on television and what they grew up to be. So no, I I have an actor fan that was difficult to deal with. Let me ask, by the way, speaking of difficult to do, is, is your boyfriend making breakfast over there? What the hell's going on in your place? I'm hearing like like China smashing and then forks and knives. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, uh, you know what? It's, it, uh, <laughs> it's Saturday morning. It could be a second cup of coffee. It could be the dishwasher. <laughs> Wait until the Airedale comes through and starts barking. <laughs> well, if you make me a bagel, toasted, Extra butter. I will put you with a schmear with a little lox. Could you, would you yeah, mind? Or would you do? A, a, a toasted bagel, a bit of schmear. Okay, coming up. Dip it lightly in borscht, if you could. That would be a very beautiful okay. thing. <laughs> All right, coming right up. <laughs> so, but more seriously, tell us about your the first acting role that you got, whether it was in live theater or whether it was film, that you remember that, that you did. All the way back. What? Well, my very first act, my very first acting role, I, I think was when I was in second grade, and I wrote a play about George Washington, gave all the good lines to Martha Washington. That was my role, and uh, and then I, uh, I we performed it for the the whole second grade class, and it was wonderful experience. I think I've been an actor since then. But my first professional job on camera you know, in, a, in an acting role was Dark Shadows. And there were so many young actors that got their start in the show. Um, in, in addition to me, there was uh, Laura Parker and I had lunch with her. I spent six hours with her the other day. We're such close friends. And uh, Kate Jackson, David Selby, Jimmy Storm, uh, Chris Pennock. Uh, uh, there are so many of us that, that really got our start on the show. No and how lucky we were. You Oh, to come out of acting class and, and uh, your very first job, you're playing uh, roles that, that take you into the uh, 18th century uh, and to do costume drama and, uh, and do what is essentially live television. It was a remarkable experience. We were just hugely lucky. And of course, that leads to the obvious next question. Since it was live, live television for a while, Gotta tell like disaster moments, moments of like this fell, uh, so and so forgot the lie, you know, tell. And the knob came up in my hand. Oh, wait. There was another time when I was like, what? The, the, the doorknob came off in my hand. I stood there with the doorknob in my hand. Uh, there was another instance when I had a scene with my father and a piece of flashing from one of the lights uh, up above 
dropped right between us. I mean, <laughs> it could have caused injury. Uh, and we just went on the stairs. It was live. We couldn't stop. We couldn't go back. Uh, what we did is what you saw. Now, was that overall more fun than later on doing scripted television, waiting two hours for a take, uh, doing movies, certainly, like where you're in the trailer for three hours and then you come out and you do something eight times? Tell me. Well, oh, oh, what you're are you talking about when we, we switched from doing a television series and when, then when we did House of Dark Shadows, the movie? Or, or even just you as an actress when you started um, to do other that was things. Like when, 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 cause you know, that was live TV, but you've done others since then. You, you know, you will find uh, actors of my vintage are really, they really know their lines. And I'm, I've now entered my eighth decade. I have to say, I know, uh, I, I know how to do a first take uh, that's usable. Uh, when you're doing film, of course, you do multiple takes and close-ups and all the rest of it. But uh, people of my vintage, uh, they're not going to forget their lines. They are going to be prepared. And that comes out of all of, all of the summer stock, uh, where you learn lines one day and you're on stage the next, uh, and doing live television. Uh, it's, a, it's a great training ground. Now, you know, you, because you can sit on a set you can sit on a set for hours while they're doing all of the lighting, uh, but then, you know, and they get the camera adjusted and all the rest of it, and you come on, you're expected to just deliver like that. And, and if you fluff a line and they have to stop, everybody looks at you and grow. It, you know, it's... Uh, uh, you know, let's... Uh, every time, not the, <laughs> not the sound uh, of an airplane flies overhead, you know, and that's all understood. But an actor fluffing a line um, and ruining a take uh, or not acing it, you know, really doing it emotionally, uh, you know, that's, um, um, that's a mark against you. Although nowadays, I think with... Um... Move film itself being cheaper or just digital, uh, cheaper and um, people using handheld cameras and stuff. They're probably a little easier on that. They're probably, if you have to do a takeover, they just oh, keep going, just go, you know. And it has I know. Well, now it is, yes. Now, uh, film is seldom used, it's all digital. And, uh, you know, I, as a matter of fact, last week, um, I, I did um, uh, several days on a, a new feature, a comedy. So in front of the camera, and if it isn't in alignment, it has to. Uh, the director saying, "Go, go back, go back, uh, keep rolling, go back," and you read. You know, you you do the scene again, and there's been no cut in the take. So uh, in the 55 years that I've been a, a professional actress. Uh, all of the technological changes and um, and you have to um, you have to learn they go when you when they started doing multiple handheld cameras you know uh, we were doing uh, a show some elsewhere and we were t t uh, and uh, uh, blues and those kinds of shows those were back in the 1990s that's already what 30 years ago and uh, and already this new technology was in place so 
uh, you have to the times i'm happy to do so i want i want to remind people we're talking with catherine lee scott and to kind of i just so you know catherine if there's some pausing and whatever i have a lot of time you're freezing so we're, we're just seeing uh like hearing nothing seeing your face frozen and then it sort of catches up sometimes and sometimes we lose it i don't think there's anything we can really do about that well but i'm wondering i'm wondering if that's weather related because I'm positioned in a place where I've got very good internet connection and that doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering what the atmosphere are like. Where, uh, where are you, by the way? Are you, are you? I'm in, uh, I'm in upper state New York. I'm in uh, about an hour out of Manhattan. Well, I, I don't think the Canadian fires are doing anything. I, who knows? Oh, we've got bad air quality uh, as a result of that. Oh yeah. Oh, please. I, I get back every time I have a brisket sandwich. You don't want to be around me for two hours. <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> so where are you located? Well, well uh, are you? in Maryland, although my congregation is in Great Neck, New York. It's a long commute, but I manage it. Uh, I, mean, I, don't, uh, I don't understand why, why uh, it's freezing, because that never happens. But I hope you're able to use this. I understand you're going to be editing, yes? Well, well no, okay. we're, we're live. By the way, we're live. We're live on Facebook. People are watching this right now. I, we should have <laughs> told this to you. Oh, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> you, you can tell by the, the fancy way I'm dressed that uh, I wanted to dress up for the occasion. But let me ask you, um, you talked about doing summer stock. You talked about doing theater as well as live TV. You, did you or did you not do a long run of a show with Jimmy Stewart? Yes, in London. I was so lucky. I did Harvey, which is a wonderful, fun, uh, old chestnut of a play. And we, uh, we did a six month run, which meant that I was with, working with Jimmy for seven months. And every matinee day on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we would go to the same restaurant, order the same meal, just the two of us, and sit and talk for an hour. And on Wednesdays, I paid, and on Saturdays, he paid. Uh, it, oh. was just the most, yeah, it was just the most wonderful, uh, lovely chance to really get to know somebody. And Jimmy and I remained close friends and, until he passed away. And in fact, uh, oddly enough, I, um, soon after I worked with Jimmy Stewart and his friend, uh, John Wayne, I did a movie with him. Uh, oh, yeah. Harvey. And uh, I was working in London. And, uh, and then shortly afterward, I moved to Los Angeles and I lived uh, let me see, I guess three blocks away from Jimmy. I mean, I, I, it was walking distance. So uh, I saw him in L.A. and and, uh, no, and tell us a uh, Jimmy Stewart anecdote, something he might have shared with you over lunch or some funny story. Oh, you know, I would I would always I, I said, was there anybody that really just knocked your socks off and you just couldn't believe uh, you were me? Were you ever starstruck? And he said, yes. He said we were starstruck by Greta Garbo, and <laughs> he said that they used to kind of hide behind the scenery just to watch her work, and uh, you know, uh, just a wonderful. Uh, he just had wonderful stories. He he was um, an environmentalist. He loved uh, he he and his wife and his two daughters loved to go to Africa, and uh, they did photographic safaris. But he had wonderful stories about uh, Henry Fonda and, and their days together, living in a house that they didn't, re uh, renting a house 
when they were working at the Provincetown with the Provincetown players, and they were both just you know young young guys, and uh, and they discovered that the house they'd rented was overrun with feral cats, <laughs> and his wonderful stories about all of these cats uh, that that uh, just kind of took over their lives. But um, he was. And did he have any Henry Fonda stories? Oh, he was. Well, he and Henry Fonda were so close. And while we were doing Harvey, uh, uh, Henry Fonda came to London to do uh, Darrow, which was, you know, the the um, the show about Clarence Darrow. And uh, top of the show, and you won't believe this, was I believe for us top of the show pr uh, ticket price was three pound. Oh, 20, which was at the time was maybe uh, just under five dollars for top of the but that was top of the show price ticket. I still couldn't afford it with my salary. And, uh, and Henry Fonda, uh, his show was going to charge, uh, I think, four pound. And when he discovered that discrepancy, uh, Henry Fonda said, absolutely not. I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to outprice. <laughs> Jimmy's show, he said, I want my top of the ticket price to be the same as Jimmy's, which, you know, was a wonderful, uh, it was a one, it was just, these guys just simply understood how to deal with the public and how to deal with, uh, they were so comfortable in their own skin. They came out of theater, uh, they came out of the early days, frankly, the early days of talkies, I think. Uh, one of Jimmy's first roles was in a thin man uh, in the early 30s. Then, and the first talkies were 1929, Bulldog Drummond, and so on. Yes. So uh, these guys grew up with the industry, and uh, and when Jimmy did Winchester '77, he was the first actor that got um, uh, a, a part of the take. You know, uh, he got. Oh. Uh, Mm, yeah, we're talking. Yes, uh, it was Wasserman who was his agent at the time, and uh, and and Jimmy did the the film for for a fee, but then he got a back end, and uh, and and uh, of course residuals came in with Ron, Ronald Reagan, uh, who ran the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, it, there's some there's some wonderful history there, uh, but I remember uh, you know before Ronald Reagan uh, was heading up the Screen Actors Guild, which by the way we're on strike right now. Uh, they um, they got uh, they started getting residuals. I still get residuals for doing Dark Shadows, um, and that is unheard of. None of the other soap operas uh you know are rerun they never get residuals and uh and we do 55 years later we still get checks in the mail that's but by the way i assume you are supportive of the actors going on strike and the writers being on strike for this whole new world of how media how entertainment is created um do, do you think it's resolved well, absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I am I am so pro union in this respect that I've been I was out picketing in Los Angeles with the Writers Guild. Uh, I feel I feel so strongly uh, that the people who run the studios walk away with pay packets, you know, like forty five million, and then consider what we're asking for uh, as unrealistic. And we're the the creative and craft people who make their earnings possible. So uh, I mean, anybody, anybody can understand that. Uh, that kind of corporate greed, I'm, I'm shocked.
Are you, are you really shocked? You're shocked. You are shocked by corporate greed. I am. I'm, I'm shocked that, uh, that otherwise reasonable people can actually say that their earnings, 45 million, 54 million, whatever they get uh, in bonuses and pay packets and so on, that that's realistic. But asking, uh, you know, writers who actually create these shows and they do that for free. You, you create a show and then it's bought. Right. So there's a lot of work that one never gets paid for. And actors, actors do an awful lot of work that is not paid for. And one of the things that really sticks in the craw is that it's now possible, you know, to take a, a digital image of a young actor, a 20, 22 year old actor, and forever after uh, that image is owned and can be used in, uh, in any way that they want to. Uh, uh, AI now is is capable of. Uh, hey, look, writing Harrison Ford looked twenty. I mean, this is uh, what they can do. Now, now, let me ask you. We have a few minutes before we move to the quiz portion of the show, where where you and Dave. And oh yes, and I wanted. To, yes, and I wanted to say for all yeah. Dark Shadows fans, um, the uh, the book uh, Dark Shadows Return to Collinwood. If you are watching these. Uh, these reruns, uh, by all means, this book has all of the, uh, has an overview of all of the plots, which were very confusing at times, like the Leviathan plot. Uh, so if you've, uh, if you've got the book, you can actually uh, read about what each episode is about. And it gives you all of these wonderful behind the scenes anecdotes about what it was like to film that day and what happened. So uh, it's a real uh, it's a real bonus if you're a Dark Shadows fan. What was the name of the book again? And where can people get it? It's called Dark Shadows Return to Collinwood. And you'll find all of these books uh, out the show. You'll find them on my website, uh, www.catherineleescott.com. And, uh, and I'm happy to sign any book or photograph or whatever. And I hope I'm going to see you at the Mad Monster on uh, August 25th to the 27th in Concord, um, North Carolina. That should be great fun. You can fly into Charlotte and it's just a, a short little ride. Now, we still, we still do have a couple of minutes, but I'm glad you were able to push that book. You have yeah, some I, books. Yes. You, you've written a book, uh, there was a book of your late husband's photograph or, or, or paintings or something like that? Is well, that you know, yes, I, uh, I, I have two uh, husbands who passed away. The first one was a time life photographer, Ben Martin. And uh, he was a wonderful uh, photographer who, uh, you know, his photographs are uh, available in Getty Images, but they're also in several art galleries. And uh, one in New York, one in, in LA. And among them, uh, he photographed all of these wonderful young artists. They were the same age he was. Uh, and he photographed them in their studios, like Mark Rothko and, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Larry Rivers, Helen Frankenthaler, uh, uh, Salvador Dali, uh, uh, Roy Lichtenstein. <laughs> wonderful. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah, okay. About 30 of these. So uh, these, these photographs are available. And then, uh, my husband, uh, Jeff Miller, who was the founding editor of Los Angeles Magazine, the first city magazine in the country, and there are about 400 city magazines now that use the, his template uh, that he started at uh, for LA Magazine. And, uh, and that was back in 1960. 
And when he passed away, I donated his papers to UCLA. But I also did a, a, a series of books on caregiving because uh, he, he was diagnosed with progressive supranuclear palsy, which is like uh, several other diseases, including Lewy body with dementia, which Robin Williams had, and, um, and, uh, and Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. Uh, and, and there are about five of these prime of life diseases that are sometimes referred to as Parkinson's plus, but there's no cure for them. So I wrote the book uh, uh, about caregiving called Last Dance at the Savoy and, uh, and also Now With You, Now Without, uh, almost as a, a primer on how to care for somebody with a neurological disease that is progressive. Wow. See, if, if I ever got to be asking that question, because uh, I'm I'm very proud of uh, doing both of those books and also reissuing Marcel Marceau, Master of Mime, uh, which was my first husband's uh, book about uh, the great mime artist. Oh, all of these. By the way, can, what was it? Catherine Lee Scott dot com. That's correct. Yes. Don't really go there. Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Lee, L-E-I-G-H, like Janet Lee. Scott, like, Scott. <laughs> get these books, get, and also go see her, of course. Now, we have one more question before I have to go. Dave comes in. You stay there. You don't go anywhere, but you stay there. You play the quiz. But let me ask you, when you brought up uh, John Wayne. Do you have a John Wayne story? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I you know, <laughs> I really love that guy. I did a film called Brannigan, and I played uh, uh, an air hostess. And and I, I, well, here's the funny story. Much of what I did ended up on the cutting room floor because he plays a detective uh, who goes rogue. He comes to London, and he's he's got a gun that he's going to carry on. And, and of course, that was right in the middle of all of those skyjackings. And I think uh, wiser heads prevailed and they did a bit of editing, thank God. Uh, but it, he was wonderful to work with. And uh, and I, rem I remember we both had an affinity for tuna fish sandwiches. So that's what we ate for lunch. And I had a wonderful time chatting with him because of course I was doing Harvey with Jimmy Stewart then. And, uh, and uh, any friend of Jimmy's was a friend of his. Wow, just hearing these names. You know what? We have one more minute, so one more. One more, one more. You were also in the film version of The Great Gatsby that featured Mia Farrow and, uh, and Robert Redford. Do you have a, a Redford story, a Farrow story, a Gatsby story? Oh. A T.J. Eckelbert story, anything. What? I'll tell you what was really fun about that. We were, we were filming at Pinewood, and Pinewood at that time, it was full of these wonderful craftspeople, hairdressers and makeup and everything, who uh, actually knew how to do curling irons with Marcel Waves and so on. It was, I think all of us, uh, uh, everybody in the company loved doing that. I loved working with Sam Waterston, uh, you know, who played uh, Nick Carraway. And, uh, and I remember being on set when, uh, you know, Mia Farrow and Robert Redford showed up there was one scene that i was in where everybody was there and 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 just the um the kind of camaraderie there's you cannot and i, I stress this cannot be starstruck when you're working uh with somebody i was never starstruck working with uh, john wayne or or 
Dirk Bogard, Lana Turner, Jimmy Stewart, Joan Bennett, any of them, because you can't do your work if you're starstruck. And, and so as soon as an actor of that, of that renown, put it that way, uh, comes on set and, and you start working with them, you are just two actors doing your job. This is, this is why you were able for the past half hour to talk to me without being frightened, without being nervous, because because this is, come on, now I, I'm added to the canon. up on that. Of extraordinary screen time that you've had with people. I mean, okay, Dirk Bogard, and then Rabbi Sal Solomon, of course. We have been delighted. In the same breath, in the same breath. In the same breath. Well, with me, two breaths, because I'm a little short of breath these days. But we've been delightfully chatting with Catherine Lee Scott, who is, is um, one more time, she's going to be appearing at the Mad Monster Expo 2023, August 25th through the 27th. Get your tickets at madmonster.com and buy her books at katherineleescott.com. Now, now, Ms. Scott, this has been wonderful. Do not go away. I'm going to go away. I'm going to play some screechy, annoying klezmer music. And then Dave will come to take you through the wonderful, ridiculous trivia quiz that you will play alongside some of his great... Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> nervous. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be... Look, just, just remember that the quiz is just another actor. And, you, you know, nervousness has nothing into it. It's you and another actor called the quiz. It's as simple as that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here comes the annoying music. Watching the uh, 903rd episode of the Dave's Gone By Facebookio Podcastio Programio of the stream, featuring me, Dave Lefkowitz, our wonderful new friend of the neighborhood, Catherine Lee Scott. And then we have two other folks joining us to play our weekly Today Yesterday trivia quiz, which uh, don't be nervous, uh, Catherine Lee Scott, because we've got, you know, you're not supposed to get most of these questions right. They're, they're, You'll see. You'll 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 see. But joining us first of all is Vicky Quaddy, um, all the way from Balmy, Chicago. Except of course that backdrop is not Balmy, Chicago. That's um, I'm getting ready to change it anyway. I can't I can't change it until I actually get on. So which is a little frustrating, you know. Oh, so, oh, please go ahead. I'll, I'll explain who you are while okay. you change the backdrop. Um, Vicki Quaggy is an actress and writer out in Chicago, co-creator of Late Night Catechism, the, the classic, probably 25-year-old, literally, 30, 30 30th anniversary. Uh, and she also does Bible Bingo and Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun, which you can go to Chicago and see at the Greenhouse Theater, as well as other places where you travel. And then having some, well, we're having internet issues today that are really interesting. Aye, aye, aye. Coming from Canada, it's it's Moisha Denberg, the musician, who oh uh, well okay Moisha's trying oh yeah banger I'm here welcome and and excuse me I'm sorry since we've got other people here can oh why mother, is it going crazy my can he sit in by all means are you guys okay with having two on one on one in terms of the quiz um, just. He just wants to meet I, you all. I like that you had to clarify that in terms of the quiz. In terms of the quiz, yes. In terms of, of, of saying hi, please come on, hello. 
I've got a problem here. Dave, can you hear Can you hear me, Dave? Hold on. First of all, Moisha's kind of coming in and out because he's having some There you are. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, and you look great and you sound great. We're saying hi to Catherine Lee Scott, the actress from Dark. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Lots of TV shows and movies. And she's sitting next to... No, it's going bad. doing it again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but Kevin, I'm sorry, please introduce properly the person that we only see his shoulder, uh, unfortunately. Can you? Oh, that's, his name is Patrick Oster, and he's from Chicago. He's a writer, thriller writer. Oh, yeah, everybody. Patrick, were you born in Chicago? Patrick Oster, as in poster without the P. Hmm. Patrick, were you born in Chicago? I was, yeah. Where? Well, I was born in a suburb called Harvey, which is the first suburb. I know suburb. Harvey. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Probably a little dangerous to go there these days. I was born uh, in what is now near Oak Lawn. It is, it is Burbank, Illinois, um, southwest side. So. Yeah. Me, I have a real problem here. It's it's going uh, it's going crazy. I hear you. Wait, wait, uh, I did hear Just you. a second. Can you hear me, Dave? Can you hear I, me? Just fine. Wait, oh. Yeah, the problem is I got a video issue here. I'm asking my wife whether she could fix this. Me, have you if she can't, we can manage with just audio. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, we've done that before with, with Leslie. Look at that. It's going. Remember that we can hear everything you're saying as you're trying to fix that issue. <laughs> your, your verbal I'm so sorry, Dave. This is this is a, an unexpected problem, but it's okay. Uh, you, as long as you can hear me, I mean, there's a certain amount of intelligence involved. Not from me, I'll tell you that. But, <laughs> yeah. but can you hear us and see us? Uh, Moisha, can you? I can see you perfectly, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, um, Pat... And Catherine, are you you the couple, or is he the boyfriend that, or is he friend? I I shouldn't have used you. Who is you? You are. Oh my! Well, yeah. wonderful. well, well, and it's great to see you. And please feel free to stick to boyfriend. <laughs> All right. So let me explain how the game is played. Uh, yeah. Moisha no. might or not might be there, and and we have Vicky and we have Catherine Lee and Pat. So, I'm here, Dave. I'm here. Great. Okay. So um, it's called the Today Yesterday Quiz. There are quiz questions. Some of them are multiple choice. Some are not. All of them are kind of ridiculous. Some of them are based on things that happen in history on this date, which is July 15th. So it might be July 15th, 1972, July 15th, 1548. Each question is worth two points if you get it right. If you don't get it right, holabye, holabye. You see there, you're, you're, you're muted momentarily. So you got to unmute. Oh, no. Oh, no. What happened? No, Moisha's having all sorts of um, digital problems. No, it's I'm having video issues. So uh, you can hear me, and I shall continue. Vicky, it's great to see you. I'm sorry that I'm not showing you my face yet, but I'm here, Dave, and I'm willing to participate. Good. I mean, maybe you can just show your legs. That would, that would be my legs? That would be really good. <laughs> anyway, that's my wife Joyce in, uh, over there also. So it's it's going to be an interesting uh, quiz today. Here we go. Two points if you get it right. If you get it okay, wrong, you don't lose anything. But one of the other contestants gets to try and steal 
the, the question for those two points. But it's, it, it's meaningless. There's no prizes. Everybody thinks aloud. It's just about having, having fun together. So the one thing I will ask our brand new friends of the neighborhood, Catherine and Pat, could you kindly pick a number between one and six and tell me what it is? Three. Catherine with a three. Okay. Um, you know what? Moshe, are you there audio-y? Yes, I am. And Moshe, you are probably the second least person who's been on the show with all due respect to, to Biggie. So uh, Moshe, what would be your number? Between one and six. Moshe, are you there? Oh, yeah. Moshe, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Two. 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 Great, great. Thank you. All right. And Vicky, could you kind of. He can, always, he can always chat or he can text you and I can read his answers in text. Oh, that'd be clever. Yeah, that is clever. Okay. Catherine, what number did you pick? I picked three. Uh, uh, Joyce, did you want to get on camera? No, she, my wife doesn't. No. She, yeah. Uh, um, She's one thing in, in various states and has to stay 600 feet away from animals. So, um, Vicki, um, your number. Uh, well, um, why don't I uh, take a six? Oh, you're taking Leslie's number, Vicki. I know, Leslie. I'm doing it in honor of Leslie. I'll do it. Now, Leslie uh, couldn't play the game today. She is out with her family and, and traveling. So uh, yay to her. Anyway, that's what she said. here's the deal. Joyce, I'm going to ask you okay. to, to... I'm rolling please, two just in case. All right. Well, that's clever, I guess. One of them is a five, but the other is a six. So, oh. Vicky, do you want to go first, second, or third? I'll go first. Vicky going first. Hunt, could you roll again? Uh, a one and a one. Uh-oh, nothing yet. She, well, just so you know, she's rolling die on the floor. She's actually got these big rubber die cube things. A six again. Roll again. Five. This takes I'll a go first. Five again. I'll just keep three. saying. Three. We got a three. Hold it. We got a three. Three you is the dice. Catherine. Catherine and Pat. Oh, here's, here's the die. Just so you know, this is real. We were actually rolling these. It's uh, beautiful. Catherine, would you like to go it's second? So I can read them with my with my yeah, five. Good. Second Roll is good. Second is good. So Catherine is second, and then Moshe, you get to go third. Thank you. All right, here we go. You're, you're most welcome. Ah, we will get through this, I promise. So here's the deal. <laughs> Dave, I'm trying to connect on my phone, see if it's better. But in the meantime, I'm with you. It's just that I would like to show my face, but it, you know, I can't do this. I'd love right. to see your handsome face, but if not, we'll work with your voice. Thank you. So here's the deal. Vicky first. Catherine second, Moshe third. And we begin, therefore, with Vicky, who gets the first question. Vicky, this is a multiple choice. And it, it has to do with July 15th, 1799. Okay. During the time Napoleon's forces were poking around Egypt, French Captain Pierre-Francois Bouchard was in the town of Rosetta, where he found a one-ton rock covered with writing. We, yeah. Yeah. The Rosetta Stone has gone on to be a huge help in translating hieroglyphics. But which is false about the Rosetta Stone? Okay. A, the French Egyptologist who cracked the hieroglyphic code ran to tell his brother and then immediately fainted. B, the stone's inscription was written by Pharaoh's workers to give instructions on how to behave during royal ceremonies. C, it took translators two decades to figure out the hieroglyphic parts of the stone. Or D, when Egypt asked for the stone back, 
England said no, but sent them a giant replica instead. One of these is false. The others are absolutely true. And this question goes directly to Vicky Kwai. What's the first one again, Dave? Uh, A is, the French Egyptologist who cracked the hieroglyphic code ran to tell his brother and then immediately fainted. <laughs> you need the others, Vicky? I, yeah. I, no, no, no. I, I, uh, I have my own Rosetta Stone story um, in that I was at the British Museum. This was uh, 1983. I was there with my dear friend, Marianne, and she was by those statues of the animals with the human head and the long beard. And, and I wanted to get a picture of that. And I stopped, went back, oh no, go back a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Ow, Jesus Christ. And I looked back and I had bumped into the corner of the Rosetta Stone. The alarms and, and no, the not at all. Nothing. It was on a little platform in the middle of an aisle. It was just there. It was yeah. just sitting there. This is the actually next, another truth about the Rosetta Stone that in its earlier years, when it was in museums and stuff, people were allowed to touch it. It wasn't until later to stop people from the, you know, in the oils and stuff. It was just a, it was a big it was rock. Just there yeah. Because they had already cracked it. So to them, it was just it was just sitting there, you know. Wow. Years, years later, I went to the British Museum with my son, David, and he couldn't believe that now it was in an alcove. So he sat on the edge and leaned all the way back to touch it so that I would not be the only one in the family to have touched it. <laughs> now it's behind like acrylic or something, you know, you can't get anywhere near it. Wow. So, um, and then here, this is my little French. I am on the Champs Elysees. Uh, it is for Bastille Day. Um, oh, I had no idea. No, because I'm mostly. But you're in Paris. You're in Paris now. Oh, not now. <laughs> I have okay. been in Paris, but no, that is just a photo. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's just the background. It's just the background. Uh, okay, so I'm going to say the guy who fainted is possible. Um, two months or two years. I'm sorry, two years to crack. The hieroglyphics. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me, you know, I'm going to read because it's been a while since I've done. Let me redo the, these things. Here we go. A, which of these is false? Right, false. The guy fainted. That's A. Uh, French uh, hieroglyphic code ran to tell his brother and then immediately fainted. Right. The stone's inscription was written by Pharaoh's workers to give oh, instructions right. on how to behave during royal ceremonies. See, yeah. it took translators two decades to figure out the hieroglyphic parts of the stone. Or D, when Egypt asked for the stone back, England said no, but sent them a giant replica instead. <laughs> I was in Egypt. I was in Egypt in uh, 2022, and they just hate the fact that, that, that Rosetta Stone is still at the British Museum. Um, oh, my God. What insult if they had sent them a replica. Um, but I bet they did. <laughs> what an insult. Nah, we'll keep the original. You can just have this one. Um, God, would they have done that to the to them? I bet they did. I'm going to say that it took them longer than two decades to decipher. I don't know why. I just feel like it may have taken them. Maybe it took them shorter. I mean, once they cracked the one code, they were able to crack the rest. So, so I'll say that's false. Your, so you're going to say it's false that it took two decades to 
That is your, your final answer. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm afraid. No, please don't crack up, Vicky. No, 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 that's it's not the correct answer. It really did take two two decades. Oh, little, you know, just a little over two decades for them to do because they got one. You know, there's three different kinds of writing of the same thing. Right. Sure. Uh, uh, but the third one was I, I can't. I'll tell the rest after yeah, but we get the answer. They should have used Google Translate. Yeah. Right. Well, if, they, if they use Google Translate, we would have done it. Five minutes. And, yeah. yeah. But no, there's a reason, and, and we'll get to that. But anyway, no. So, Joyce, could you kindly roll the die? And I, I think it's true that the French, the French, uh, did not find it; they took it. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Or the British, whoever found it, didn't get to keep it. The other troops came in and took it. Yeah, there was a fight over that, and that's. Wait, wait, wait! You mean there's there's issues of colonialism? No, <laughs> never. All right, so so Joyce <laughs> has rolled a five, which means wait, no, there's no, we don't have a five. Okay. Um, uh, we have another five. We have a six. Six was Vicky. Um, a three. We have a th oh. Here's the other die. Three means. Come on, Kathy. You can answer this. Kathy is what three. is it? So it's a rubber die. You hit my thumb with the die. Ah, Kathy. Um, you get to steal this question. You and Pat. So there are three other choices. Which do you think is false about the Rosetta Stone? All right. Did they did they send it to him as a joke, like, "Hey, here, we, we'll keep the original, but we're going to send you the other one." <laughs> now um, you, you want us to answer uh, that Rosetta? You have to steal it from me. Question. In other words, Vicky got the answer wrong. So now you can get two points. Right. So uh, uh, we think. Uh, which one? The Manderson. Yeah, I you know I, we, yeah uh, both of us came up with this one. The uh, we don't think that uh, the hieroglyphic uh, were written uh, to so that the workers knew how to behave at royal occasions. Hmm. So you're saying it is false. That that well, whatever that one was that that we think that's false. The which one is false, uh, Catherine? The it's letter um, B. The the stones. Inscription was written by Pharaoh's workers to get uh -huh. how they're supposed to behave. Final answer. That's it. Well, I always love when this happens when a new player to the game gets on the board with two big points because that is the correct answer. Congratulations to Catherine and Pat because they. Get on the board first with two points. Mazel tov, mazel tov. So oh, here's the deal. Cat, the... cat for Catherine and Pat is cat. Cat. So cat. do you mind if I call you cat? I don't know <laughs> this woman. And I'm you want me to call her cat? Do you mind if I call you guys cat? <laughs> Great. Um, but here's the deal. You're absolutely right. Team cat. The stone was made by priests to list the accomplishments of the then 12-year-old pharaoh. Wow. Um, we've already done a bunch of stuff, but they're, they're wanting to make him look good in front of the, the people and everything. So that's kind of neat. It's like a, the World Wrestling Federation when they come in, like, or like it's the Nathans. It's the guy who does the Nathans hot dog contest. Yeah. This man is, you know, a god among men, right? They have to. And they dig it in three languages on this yeah. big yeah. rock. And what happened was with the hieroglyphic thing, um, it took years and years for the guy who's like, wait a minute. These little symbols aren't just like picture things. It was it was phonetic. 
and he cracked the code as if it were just a regular other language. Mm -hmm. And then, and then they finally got it after like twenty years. Oh, so, <laughs> but it really was true that Jean Francois Champollion. Uh, whose brother worked nearby, there was some French, he was working on this thing. And he was like, oh my god, I cracked it! He cracked the language of it, the, the phonetic idea. Ran to his brother, like, you know, a couple of blocks. And he, I've done it! And he, he fainted. Wrong <laughs> in front of his brother, true story. Anyway, congratulations to Catherine, who's got two points on the board in our Today Yesterday quiz. We now, this is the interesting thing, Catherine and Pat, Cat. You get the next <laughs> question directly. The, the second question of the quiz goes directly to you guys, and it's another multiple choice. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yeah, they're going to get it. Come on, guys, you got it. On Tuesday this week, the literary world lost Czech-born, mostly exiled writer Milan Kundera, who passed at age 91 after a long illness. He's best known as the author of The Unbearable Lightness of Being. But which of these was not one of his other novels. A, Immortality, B, Ignorance, <laughs> C, Ingratitude, D, Identity. Oh, my Lord. I know, the, the quiz is absolutely ridiculous. But... <laughs> and then F, Enigma. <laughs> well, Enigma would be that, yeah. So, so tell us the choices again, Dave, please. Of course. Of course. So, but th this question goes directly uh, to Kat. Of course, I'm going to be quiet. Don't worry. Milan Kundera, who died at age 91 this past Kundera. week, known as the author of The Unbearable Lightness of Being, which of these was not another Kundera novel? A, Immortality, B, Ignorance, C, Ingratitude, D, Identity. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, th this, I, this is a guess. <clears throat> I figured, yeah. It would be for me, anybody, yeah. Uh, ingratitude. Is that your final answer? Yeah, was it ingratitude or gratitude? Ingratitude, immortality, ignorance, ingratitude, identity. One of those is not a Kundera novel, and you're saying ingratitude is not the Kundera novel. Is that your final answer? Yes. Well, Kat, I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but you're getting two more points because that is the girl. Wow, fantastic. Oh, you are on fire. Well, like, totally, totally. I mean, yeah. it's worse than the fires here in BC, man. <laughs> I read his obituary and it, and, and the, the, the anyway. It, it, I read the obituary too, but I didn't remember here, you know, looking at that information. Ingratitude, how do you like that? Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, uh, Dave, I tell you, I'm trying to connect with another computer, but I'm not going to uh, log off or anything like this. So I'm still here with you audio-wise. You can ask me the question. We can continue. And if I succeed with this other computer, you'll see me and you can let me in, okay? Wonderful. And if this were, let's also do this question, and then you can really kind of go away for a little bit. Good. Well, I don't have to go away. I'm almost there. But okay, okay. go for it. I'm listening. Okay. This question goes directly to Moshe Dengberg, a musician, by the way. Moshe, let's ask you real quick, what have you been working on recently? What's, what's your latest? Uh, lately, well, what I've been doing is creating a lot of YouTube videos for my oeuvre on, uh, with the, my Jewish group, Simis. So got lots of Jewish songs, I, and, and uh, we, there's a YouTube station, and we're doing all kinds of wonderful uh, original YouTube uh, uh, productions, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that a lot. 
You could find it if you go to YouTube and you look up Simis Music. I think you should be able to find it if you look up Simis Music. T S M U S I C. T. No, no. T Z I T Z. Sorry, Americans. T Z I M M. Mother, mother. E S. Sam. The Americans forgive you. All right. So, Moshe, this time it's your question. All right. Let's have it. Bring it on. A multiple choice. Here we go. The the year was 1859, July 15th, a day. On this date, French chemist Hippolyte Mejmouret takes out a patent on his most famous creation, oleomargarine, invented in response to a government contest. Oleomargarine. Oleomargarine. Oleomargarine back then. Um, He did it in response to a government contest spurred on by a butter shortage in France. This pharmacist also worked on all these other projects, except which? A, a way to make bigger loaves of bread using the same amount of ingredients. B, a medicine for syphilis with fewer side effects. C, an anti-itch ointment, which included, among other things, seaweed and duck fat. Or D, a way to tan leather using egg yolks. One of these was not an And he was, a, he was a chemist, you say? Uh, okay. Murier. Okay. So, all right. So the first thing, uh, you'll have to repeat them, uh, Dave, please. Um, so which of these was not another invention besides margarine? Yeah. Murier. A, a way to make bigger loaves of bread using the same amount of ingredients. B, a medicine for syphilis with fewer side effects. See an anti-itch ointment, which included, among other things, seaweed and duck fat, or D, a way to tan leather using egg yolks. I, okay, I think that, you know, the, uh, the, uh, I'm going to say that the tanning leather is okay, and the other one with the seaweed and stuff is okay. The, the first one was, again, was, um, uh, A way to make bigger loaves of bread using the same amount of ingredients. Bigger loaves of bread using the same amount of ingredients. So you would have to somehow get the yeast to be bigger or something. And the second one? Second one is a medicine for syphilis with fewer side effects. Okay, I'm going to say that that he didn't invent. Because I have a feeling that medicine for, I don't know, you know, with syphilis, I think that maybe later on, you know, they really got into, you know, having good medicines with syphilis. I'm not sure. But I'm going to go with that one. That's my intuition that he did not create a medicine for syphilis with greater side effects. I'm probably wrong, but there you go. Okay. Final answer. Final answer is syphilis, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Moisha, I hate to be the drip, but that is not the correct answer. He did figure out a way to have syphilis cure, with, well, cure-ish. With your stuff. So we have a steel opportunity. What I'm going to do is I actually have my, my um, I do have my my trusty online dice roll. Oh, wait, all right, hold on. All right, so Joyce is back. Hold on. She rolled a four and a two. Wait, that, that could work, I think. Hold on. Somebody's got two. No, Moisha has two. Oh, all right. Hold on. Yeah, mine is number two. Yeah, that's right. And we've got five and two. Did anybody have a five? No. 
Choice is rolling again. And we've got a three and a three. So three. Okay, that's Catherine. Kathy. That's Kathy. Oh, boy. So, Catherine, um, you get to try and steal. Wait, where, where's my zoom on this? There we are. Um, yeah. She could get six points now. Whoa. You go, Catherine. You can do it. Yeah. Well, Catherine is cleaning up today. Okay, yeah, right. So, uh, bread itch or tanning leather. Tanning leather. Yeah. I'm going to go with bread. You're going to say it is not true. The bread. He it's didn't do the bread. Using the same amount of ingredients uh, to create a bigger loaf. Yeah. You know, although uh, that that does involve chemistry, but I'm I'm going to go with bread. Final answer. Even though, sure. Well, even though we all loaf you, I'm afraid that is not the correct answer. So, Vicky, oh. steal opportunity. I could steal. I am so disappointed, Catherine. I thought you were just going to clean our clocks totally. <laughs> well, you know, I have to tell you a little tiny story about margarine. It's a real short. But in Wisconsin, it was illegal to sell margarine that looked like butter. So it was sold. You no, know, I. No, no, that was Minnesota. Minnesota. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm from. I'll trust her on this. Yeah. Are you from My dad's from Minnesota too. My family, when we did our our Christmas cookies and so on, my mother and my grandmother and my aunt would drive across the border to Iowa. Uh, so that you could buy oleo margarine. Otherwise, you bought these white packets that had a little orange pellet, and and it was a, a and the kids would sit there and do that to spread the orange coloring right. through the oleo, so that instead of being white, it was yellow. That's yeah. a oh. first-hand information. Excellent. Yeah. I'm a farm kid. So was my dad. Where were you born in Minnesota? I was born in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. I was born, I, I grew up on a farm. My dad did too, but he was born in, um, down by Matawan a County near Albert Lee. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, that is a fact, what I just told you. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's also true in Wisconsin though, but you're right about Minnesota. Basically, it could be true I, in the Midwest. I'm not familiar with Wisconsin, but uh, Minnesota. But they, they sold a little pill, that, a yellow that yeah, you put a in little, there. It was a little orange pill. And it was right in the middle of this square thing of, of uh, oleo. And uh, you, you sat there softening it and squeezing the plastic until you got it uniformly throughout. And then you opened the plastic and you had a yellow brick. Yeah, right. That's sort of like the little orange pill I take to maintain my erections. So there you go. <laughs> Okay, so the last two are tanning with egg yolk and um Yeah, you have two left. You have a 50-50 shot. Tanning with egg yolk. Yeah. Can you hear me, Dave? Yeah, we can see you. Welcome, Moisha. That's Moisha Denver. It's my face. This computer is probably not as good as the other, but at least it's not going crazy. So hello, Vicky. Nice to Catherine. Let's start again. Well, well, wait, wait, we can't start again. No, no, no. Still, I, so I have, okay, what's the other one? It's the eggs, uh, tanning with eggs and... Or, or an anti-itch. Which, so, yeah, is that your final answer, though? The, um, wait, or the itch one, which is your, which is false? I think that, Jesus, that's hard. 
because I could see that the tanning with eggs possible. Somebody might try to do that, although it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and the itch, which was duck fat and seaweed, um, very French. <laughs> Would they waste duck fat on an itch thing? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, all right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the egg yolk. When I, when I heard that, I thought that sounded weird. Yeah, they all sound weird. But go ahead. I thought the bread one probably stumped us. Yeah. So, but that—that's your final answer, Mickey. Is the uh, the egg yolk one? Here we go. Oh, Mickey, you're just a shell of your former self because I've stumped the panel. Stump. It is the seaweed. Yeah. It was the seaweed and duck fat. I made that up. That has nothing to do with anything. Um, so, but all the that other was very inventive of you. Very was. inventive of you. I wish I could invent again. It'd be nice thing to stop an itch. What you don't know is David loves ducks, so it's yeah. probably his addiction to ducks that made him bring that up. This is true. Well, and I like making wisequacks. So, Aww. anyway, at the end of the first Aww. round, uh, uh, <laughs> that's why people watch this on the web. And, and I get top billing. Stop being so quackers. Uh, so, all right, all right. So, anyway. <laughs> At the end of round one of the Today Yesterday quiz, we have Catherine and Pat Woo! on top with four points. Right behind are Vicky and Moshe, not on the board yet. But everything can change in our second and final round. And then, of course, we have our tiebreaker question. I have been totally discombobulated because of my computer problems. I apologize. We, we accept fully your apology. All Americans accept <laughs> your Canadian apology now. Sorry, eh? Except, except uh, the letter Z. <laughs> yeah, letter Z is still working. It doesn't work for you, the letter Z. <laughs> so, Vicky, um, you... Oh, yeah, this is mine now, again. So okay, go ahead. Question directly. Another question I can miss. <laughs> well, I don't know, but just be happy you're not Leslie, because guess what kind of question oh, this no. is? Is it three new clues in the news? Yes, it's three okay. clues in the news. So, right, go ahead. Um, these are three words unrelated to each other. But each of these words separately relates to a word that we are looking for and a word that has something to do in the news. I'm just going to grab a piece of paper so I can write them down. Okay, go ahead. So, um, and I'll, Catherine and Pat, I'll explain this. If this question gets to you, I'll it will. More, but, but Vicky kind of knows how this works. Okay. The three separate words, how do they connect to another word? The words are character. Supporting mm. prepares. I'm sorry, what was the third one? Prepares. Prepares. Supporting character prepares. Yes. I was going to say actor, supporting actor, character actor, but prepares. I'm going to say actor. Is that? Your final answer, Vicky. Sure. sure. Well, you win the Oscar, Vicky Quaggy, because that is the correct answer. Yay! An actor prepares his Stanislavski book from, you know, that, that, that millions of actors have used to. Character actor and then supporting actor. That is the word we were looking for. And why is the word actor in the opening? Because the uh, SAG after uh, um, the, the strike. strike. Yeah. Actors have joined the writer's strike. 
I do love the fact that who was it who recommended that whenever uh, the actors or anyone involved in the strike posts something about the powers that be that are they are fighting that they put their salaries there so yeah. that yeah so that everyone gets to see how much they're making off the work of these these writers um and um i think that's really interesting well for yep. this i'm currently at minus 27 dollars no, so. we lived through it in argentina remember solos actores no somos choice and i well many 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 years ago we were invited to, to argentina to see their ASE awards which was their their version of the tony awards and while that was going on, the actors were on strike. And yes, you see yes. actors going, you know, they're, they're filming TV, not that theater. Was. Not, what was the... Yeah, we are actors. We just want to act. It was yes, so much yes. que, queremos actar. Or Something. Actuar. I don't remember yeah. the second. Yeah. Like, anywho. Um, did, you, did you cross the picket line? I don't think we had to. It wasn't that kind of a thing. We weren't. No, they weren't. It was Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes. No, but it wasn't. I don't know what it was, or yeah. whether we were on a strike, or they were just protesting, I think or something like that. The actors then took a, a break for some coffee and some. <laughs> and a siesta, and then you know. Yeah, they were coffee and some kind of. Sweet. And then most of them disappeared. No, okay. Oh, uh, but God. anywho. Oh my God, David! No. So, congratulations to Vicky for getting two points on the board. It's a close game now. Two points away from Catherine, but Catherine and Pat, you guys can now. Get two more points if you get this question. You'll and probably then, lock yeah. up a victory here. Um, actually, it would. So, so yeah, no pressure. Moshe's victory is getting actually, you know, deal, getting on, on Technology is sometimes a pain in the, you know. So here's the deal. Um, Catherine, no pressure. But, you know, this is all the marbles right here. And Pat, too. And Pat, sorry. So this is a regular, old-fashioned, one answer. There's no multiple choice, no whatever. Trivia question. The year was 1956. Born today is musician Ian Curtis, lead singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the seminal Manchester band Joy Division. Although Curtis, tormented by depression and epilepsy, hung hung himself at age 23, the band went on. However, they changed their name to something novel and neat. What was that name? Novel and what? Neat. Novel and neat. N-E-A-T, right? Yeah. Neat. So they didn't work as Joy Division any longer? No. How could they, right? When, when he killed they, himself, they, cha- they how decided could they? Yeah, that's yeah. like a horrible... Uh, Novel and neat. What's the opposite of legacy? History? History. Yeah. We're not allowed to use the internet to figure this out. No, no, it's not Googling. You can't. You no, know, of course not. Google, Google. Well, you know, everyone's got a phone. You can start Googling. Yeah, but, no, that, you can't. I'm sorry, what was that, Catherine? He was born in 1956? Yes, this, or, Ian Curtis, the guy who killed himself, he was born in 1956 on July 15th. Here, and his story oh. was that he was the lead singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the seminal Manchester band Joy Division. Division. Although Curtis committed suicide at age 23, the band went on. However, they changed their name to something novel and neat. What was that name? That's a good question. Thank you. When did he die? What year did he die? 
Uh, well, he was 23. So 1956 plus 23. So None of that's important. Like 79, but it, yeah. It doesn't None of it's important. It's only what did they change their name to? And the clues are novel and neat. What's novel, what's neat? That's the name of the band after they changed it from Joy Division. It's a good movie about about them. Yeah, yeah. About Joy Division? Yeah. Well, Ian Curtis and, you know, yeah. yeah. So young, 23. That 23. is young. He was, he was not a happy That's kid. Definition of young. Novel and neat. Actually, if a dog lives to 23, it's not young at all. So it's, uh, you yeah. Dogs don't ever live to 23, do they? Cats do. Uh, very rarely. And they can't. Cats do. Yeah. Cats pretty yeah. common. Live old. Cats might live a little longer, I think. Oh, really? Wow. Hmm. Uh, not longer than 23, but longer than dogs. I have a, Oh, no, they do. They definitely live longer than dogs. A teacher yeah. in high school named Mr. Cats, and he's still alive. Oh, man. Uh, ah. He's well into his 70s. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how are we doing, Catherine and Pat? How's... um? How's that going over there? Uh, no, we're, we're just going through all of them. The police, who, queen. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Novel and neat. No, it wouldn't be the who, because I think, uh, you know, Peter Townsend, the people like that are older, right? But, it, you know. Alive, people, yeah. What? Well, the who didn't stop after Keith Moon. Yeah. You know, no, so, no. He didn't kill himself. Well, he actually, whatever, he just stupidly, stupided. You know, the same with the Stones. I mean, the yeah. Stones lost, you know, the Charlie, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's very well. Good. The Beatles yeah. lost Stu Sutcliffe. Uh, well, Stu, he didn't die. They, they, they jumped yeah, he did. later. No, no, no. He died. He had a brain aneurysm. You're thinking Pete Best. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pete Best yeah. was first. Uh, oh, it's the, it's, uh, the, it's the name of the group that they changed their name. So it's the new name for the group. Right. Yeah. To pick a name, pick uh, you know, pick anything. Or if you don't know, talk about your current project. CatherineLeeScott.com. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's the new name of this band. <laughs> Novel and neat. And you're by, by the way, you're allowed to talk it out. You can you've seen what kind of quiz this is, so you, you don't have to go like you know if you want to just talk extemporaneously and think it out. That's yeah, part you know, of it. Wasting a multiple the, choice. Uh, we can't think of the answer, and it's probably, you know, right there, and we're going to go, oh, of course. Uh, I think so. Me too. The band was in Manchester. He was from Manchester. Yeah. That Herman's Hermits. Thank you. The double rainbow. That will encourage them. Yeah. Here's the, we actually took this yesterday after our brainstorm. You can, you can kind of see. Beautiful. Nice. And then they, there's a double one there too. So, oh, it is a double rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Catherine, um, we kind of need an answer. So, what's um, what are you thinking? Or makes we don't have an answer. Gonna pass? We don't have an answer. All right. We're, 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 we're we pass. I'm sorry. What was that? I missed. I missed. What'd you say? We pass. We pass. No problem. No, no problem. problem. We have no answer. That's very and I, of you. I don't think Moshe oh. and I have the answer either. I, I, I'm I, trying to find something on the tip of my tongue, but right now the tip of my tongue... You know, but we saw two. Somebody's got to do is that. Well, the, it's what, novel what, what and neat, though. So. 
Oh, you rolled a two, so now it's my turn. Yes. I don't know. The new yes. pornographers. Oh. Ooh. Is that your final answer? It's the only thing I can think of. The only thing you can think of is pornography? Uh, <laughs> no. Is that your final answer? That's it. The new That is actually not a bad guess in terms of time-wise, but it yeah. is not the new pornographer's band. So, Vicky, you oh, can... God. Yeah, you know, know this is like, forget it. Um, What's the name of the band? Wait, wait, wait. The Catherine. name of the band. I know. It's you know it's it's novel and neat. So, a novel. Is novel it a you, but pornographer's neat. not neat. Something that's neat is... Um, actually... Actually, what? thank you for saying that, um, uh, Moshe, because yeah. we technically owe you one point. Why? We, I can't tell you yet, but okay, I can give you a point. That's a hint to you. The new pornographers. And that um, is not a correct answer, but it no. is partially correct. Partially correct. So it's either new or pornographers. <laughs> 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 uh, Book and neat. Think. Uh, neat. I don't know. Um, oh, pornographers. Oh, oh, I'm thinking it's oh, got to be pornographers instead of new. Um, novel and neat. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think it is, Moisha? I don't know. Uh, did the we got to figure this out. I have one idea. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. You know what? Well, Vicky, do you want to have, have the idea or do you want to take your guess? No, no, no. Let Kathy do it. She might pick Sex up a pistols. point. I missed it. Sex pistols. No, that is not. not no, no, no. It's not sex pistols. Um, Took up of my pornography. Now she's gone to sex pistols. Nothing to do with pornography. Nothing to do with. And I'm guessing novel and neat is the clue, right? There is a clue, yes. Um, that's part of the thing. So yeah, novel and neat. So we have pornographers. Did you say pornographers? I say pornographers. Yes, yes, with new pornographers, which was worth one point because that was partially correct. It was partially correct. Not the part. Oh, we just thought of it. Obviously not. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Kathy. What do you think? Moby. Moby? No, no, it's not. Uh, no, I, not to be a dick, but it's not Moby. Yeah. So that'd be two words. It's two words because it's it's either new or pornographers. Um, the new Christy Minstrels. <laughs> oh, wow. That's neat. Right it's that. neat. Is that going to be your final answer? The new Christy Sure, why not? Because I have no idea. I like that one. Uh, all right, so anyway. I, I've stumped up with people. Joy Division went to up with people, you know. Should have, should have made this a multiple choice. I'm sorry about that. But here's the deal. We have to go to the gym. So here's the deal. The the answer novel and neat. The band is New Order. New, oh, new Order. order. Never ah. heard of order? Yeah, I've oh. heard of them, but I didn't new realize they had changed. Yeah, and they've been in New Order for like 25, 30 years. They're still, right. still out right. there. I didn't realize they started as Joy Division. So oh. I wanna I wanna make sure that um that our new friends have time to get to the gym. So we have one more question in our regular round, and it goes directly to Moisha. So okay. I'm ready. I got one point, eh? What time do you guys have to go? Because I know we're already on the 45 minute mark. So we've been at this almost two hours, so let's. <laughs> yeah, well, let's keep it going. So, Moisha, question for you. This is change one letter. You know how that's played? Explain. Okay, so this question, um, which will be phrased in the form of a short poem, 
will have two answers, each one worth one point apiece. But the two answers are only one letter different from each other. Okay? Okay. So, um, here's, here's the, do I need to give you an example of, um, I guess I will. Here's the deal. Uh, Can I make a suggestion? Please. Kathy really looks like she wants to go because she's been on for two hours. Why don't yeah. we just say they're the winners? And then Moisha... <laughs> If Kathy, no, Marcia can only get two points. You, Kathy, I'm perfectly happy for you to collect your winnings and go. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Yeah, yeah, we just get get wrong. You must but have everyone, look, look right into the camera and smile. Smile, smile, smile. You ready? Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so, Catherine, Pat, let me thank you for playing the quiz. I'll, I'll keep. Vicky and Thank you. We've got a chicken to put in the oven, and then we're going to the gym. Run. <laughs> well, that's, that was a very half-Jewish answer. The gym part, no, but the chicken in the oven, that's a very Jewish thing to chicken say. Chicken in the oven is always Jewish. I want to remind people one last time that they can go see Catherine in person at the Mad Monster Expo 2023. It's running August 25th through the 27th at Con in Concord, New Hampshire, madmonster.com. Uh, no, no, Concord, North Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, North Carolina, North Carolina, excuse me. I'm rushing through this. Madmonster.com for tickets. And go to her website, KatherineLeeScott.com, to buy her books. She's got several out, including one all about dark shadows, also a couple of photograph books um, from stuff by her late husband, bunches of books. Thank you to Pat also for coming to play the Today Yesterday Trivia Quiz. Great to meet you. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Thank you so much for being in the day room. Shalom, kids. Shalom. Bye. Enjoy Bye. that chicken. So, all right. Now, we've got... Um, okay, now Moisha's got change one letter. Moisha's got change one, now, so, change one letter. Give me an example, Dave, so that I can actually refresh my brain, which is really fried this morning. Well, like train to brain. You know, something about, you know, oh, change one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change one letter. I get it. Like that. You're just taking one word, changing one letter for the it's answer. Word. You change one letter and you get another answer. Yeah. So you got it. You got it. Yeah, you're smart. Here, here is the clue, which is in poem form. And it's about someone who was, the, the answer is the last name of someone who was born in Germany in 1946 on this date. Born in Germany on July 15, 1946. Incidentally, I want to tell you something. My father, may he rest in peace, was born July 15th in oh, 1918. So he would have been 105 today, but that was not in the cards. But whatever. That's right, especially in the States, down, down here in the South. Here in Vancouver, it's still wonderful weather. I have a friend who lives in Vegas. And I think they're going to hit 115 today. And I'm not. Incredible what's happening over there. Incredible. And and the northeast side, uh, you know, Vermont. Northeast, you're that. getting you're getting all kinds of rain, and 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 you're getting our our smoke too. Well, but Wait, Vegas, I mean, the, the temperatures are like that. What are the odds? But anyway, uh, okay, David, I know you also want to go to the gym, so hit us with your questions so that we can actually honor this yesterday, today, and tomorrow quiz. Here we okay. Born in Germany, 1946. Here's yes. This week, we bid farewell to a Bernstein protege whose pianism was sprightly. Change one letter for viral growths that are unsightly. Viral growths that are unsightly. 
boils how about well boil is is really a good a good name because it could be b-o-y-l or b-o-i-l so boil comes to mind but but if boil is the name then the first name of the piano player is oh we need well, well, I'm just saying, last, last name we're looking last for. Last name. Yeah, like it's Doyle and Boyle, something Bernstein like that. Bernstein Protégé, a Bernstein Protégé. So what? So Lenny was was the sort of the mentor of this uh, this pianist. The pianist be, um, oh, in Germany in Germany in 1946. You say he was born. That is correct. I wonder whether it's Sondheim. Did, he, did this... he just did he just die? Is that it or no? Um, I, I yes, because I'll, I'll read the poem again. This week we bid farewell. Oh, this week, this actual week. This actual week we bade, bade farewell, I guess, to a Bernstein protege whose pianism was sprightly. Change one letter for viral growths that are unsightly. Rightly. Pianism was sprightly, uh, so he played sort Something of... Something unsightly, a viral growth that's unsightly. But who passed it? Usually, I, you know, sort of find the obits, you know, people like great musicians I usually hear about. I don't know who died this week who was uh, of that ilk. I mean, it's not far from my, my age, too. You know, he's three years older than me. Um, gee... You got me really stumped this morning, Dave. Do you want to uh, pass or do you want to push? No, no. Don't, we, don't pass. As long as, Vicky, <laughs> as long as Vicky is not running off to the gym no, yet. Okay? Don't pass. No, oh, no, no. I'm fine. I'm, I'm staying here. Okay, good. So uh, it was a pianist who was sprightly. In other words, he had Clyburn. Protégé of Leonard Bernstein. And 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 it becomes a, a, a virus a virus that is unsightly or a viral something. Well, what is the viral? Uh, the second part is um, change one letter for viral growths that are unsightly. Growths. Growth. A growth. Uh, so Not like measles, which is just a shingles. Uh, is a is unsightly pox virus. And right? fox. What? It's, it's like chicken pox, pox and fox. Okay. Is there, you know, it's that, it's that kind of thing, you know, was the pianist named Fox. Someone's name is Pax, you can get Pox, you right. know. Right. Doesn't have to be that. I was just thinking. Was, um, I mean, you're both on, on the right track in terms of how the game works. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the game works very well. The only problem is we don't know how viral the growth that's unsightly. A viral growth. Unsightly viral growth would be, uh, like I said, a boil is a really good uh, good one because you can have a B-O-Y-L, but I don't know of anyone B-O-Y-L who, who really was a pianist. I'm not sure, you know, but okay, that's going to be my guess. Boil and boil, okay? That's it. B-O-I-L and boil. Final answer? B-O-Y-L, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even though it's boiling hot in so many parts of the country, I'm afraid. Well, in Canada, apparently, it's, you're very lucky. It's nice, except thanks for all the smoke. But that is not the correct answer. So, Vicky. Um, I'm just going to say Pax yeah. and Fox. I have no idea. 
I'll say pox and fox. Pox and fox. I'm afraid that is not the correct That's answer. Not true. What is the correct answer? Germany I'm sorry, what was that, um, Moish? You're going to get all the points. Dave is getting all the points today. I know, right? Well, here's the deal. Um, Germany is kind of throws you off because he's really thought of more as American. He just happened to be like an army brat. Germany. Probably an army brat. But um, he was, um, who knows? I can tell you as a hint that he was African-American. Oh, a sprightly African-American. Hold on. Who passed away? He was a pianist this week. I would, if he was a jazz man or something like that. I mean, Hancock is still alive. You know, what? what's going on here? Dave, you're going to have to tell us because tell we are just what very slow because of the weather. It's the weather. It's the weather. No, at age 77, I, you know, I, I check these things. But, uh, at age 77, passing away of cancer this week was the great Andre Watts, who died. And what are viral growths that you get? That are one letter. Warts. Huh? Warts. Warts. Watts and Warts was the answer to the it's question. A little, bit, uh, a little bit abstruse there, uh, left okay, with. Watts is abstruse? That, that, I, you know what? I didn't know of this, this pianist. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh I didn't realize. Okay. He was very popular. You know, Leonard Bernstein kind of plucked him and put him on TV a lot and really made so. What's his first, what's his first name? Andre. Oscar. Andre Watts. Oh, Andre. Andre Watts. W-A-T-T-S. Yeah. And change one of them? No idea. None. Well, so there you go. Otherwise, I would have gotten it. I'm a musician. <laughs> I, I knew Andrew. Maybe I've I heard of Andrew. I had one decent answer. Uh, and I did bump into the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, you really nailed that one. That's Vicky. a good one. <laughs> All right, let's let's do our final our our tiebreaker question. Catherine actually won the game uh, well, today. I looked at her face and thought that poor girl wants to go. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, you her go. read it right. You read it right. Because you know she she logged on at like ten I to nine. I wanted to go further. Wanted to go. What was that, Moshe? Her husband even wanted to go more than she did. Yeah, yeah. Does her husband? Boyfriend. 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 Okay. So here we go. So um. Anyway, this is our tiebreaker question. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything, but let's do it. Write them both down so you can hold them up to the. Just a second, then I have to write it down. Hold. Oh, I need my pen and paper. It'll take me. You can yeah. continue to talk. Go, go, go. Vicky, what shows are you doing this weekend? Uh, tonight is late night catechism, and I'm doing my game show tomorrow. Uh, are you smarter than your eighth grade nun? Um, at the at the oh, greenhouse. Was at the greenhouse. Yeah, this weekend at the greenhouse. Yeah, I don't travel again until August. I'm going to, I'm sending you the info. I'm going to be in the Baltimore area. Oh, cool. Oh, excellent. Yay. Now, um, Moshe, you've got your pen, you've got your paper? I got paper and pen, yeah. Here we go. All right. This is a fill in the blank. You know, you're going to write out the answer, full name, please. The year was 2008. Born today. Wow. In Georgia is young actor Ian Armitage. The son of Scottish-born Broadway actor Ewan Morton, the boy first gained prominence for his YouTube videos where he reviewed Broadway shows. By 2017, he was tapped for the lead, not on stage, but for what CBS TV series? So this is a kid who's born in 2008. Born in 2008. 2008 in? 2000, uh, July 5th, in Georgia. Born in Georgia. Young actor Ian 
Armitage, the right. Scottish-born Broadway actor Ewan Morton. Uh, the boy first gained prominence for his YouTube videos where he reviewed Broadway shows. By 2017, he was tapped for the lead, not on stage, but for what CBS TV series? When he was nine years old. That's right. I was thinking the same. Nine years yes, old. Yes, nine he years old. Series he was tapped for. He's doing reviews. How about... Um, wait, wait. Did you say he was... Did Did he actually get on the show or was he... Didn't you say something? He was tapped? He was chosen and accepted. And accepted. Yeah, yeah. For the lead. For the lead. Oh, a lead on the CBS show in 2017. Correct. If only I watched uh, a lot of TV, I would probably know this. Um, the lead. Um, so then we have to- CBS. The, the name of the series, right? The name Correct. of the show, Dave, okay? Um, oh boy, boy. Wonder Years. No, um, no, it's earlier than that, the Wonder Years. No, 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 they read, they- Oh, they, they did, did, a, did a reboot. Uh -huh. They did a reboot. Um, and that's a good show, actually. That that's one of the reboots, or I don't, I don't even think you call it a reboot. It's a reimagining. It's bringing it back. We're supposed to write this down, but Vicky, you're you're giving me all your thinking process here. <laughs> well, you can't, which, just don't which is real small. <laughs> really you have small thoughts. Small thoughts. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Um, what? Uh, the lead in 2017 when he was nine years old. Uh, yeah, Wonder Years is a very good guess, in my opinion. It's really a good. Oh, guess. you know what? I think I know. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to say. Um, right, um, Don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love these moments of silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, you have us flummoxed. Oh my goodness! You're gonna kick yourselves though, because that, that's the beautiful thing. This is you're gonna, you're gonna if you don't get it, you're gonna hear the answer like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I'm trying to get the name of the series. I think I know who he plays. At least I think I do. Um, I'm trying to get the name of the series. Um, I am going to ask you to, to write something down. If it's not the, the name of the series, then put down Simis or put down nunsforfun.com uh, or, or. Okay. Ready? And I'll read the question one more time and then give a three, two, one countdown to show the answer. So you guys just about ready? Yep. Sure. All right, here we go. The year was 2008. Born today in Georgia is young actor Ian Armitage. The son of Scottish-born Broadway actor Ewan Morton, the boy first gained prominence for his YouTube videos where he reviewed Broadway shows. By 2017, he was tapped for the lead, not on stage, but for what CBS TV series? Three, two, one. I said it's uh, it's the he plays Sheldon Cooper, the young Sheldon Cooper. Mm. And what is the name of the TV series? I know that's what I could. The young Sheldon Cooper, the young 
young something. I don't, uh, something young. I forget. What is it? Ah, Vicky, you're it's like it's I, young Sheldon. Sheldon, young, young. just young, young Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, young right. Sheldon. Well, I mean, yeah, you have yeah. this or is it opposite? Um, oh, good. <laughs> no, we can see that. Excellent. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's Net is .net. where you can find out about Moisha Denberg's music, his albums, the new stuff that he's working on, his YouTube uh, videos that he's been putting out um, with some of his older and newer music. So Mazel Tov on that, Moisha. I and really did Vicky. not do well today. Yeah. <laughs> you were fine. You were fine. You're breathing in too much of that smoke. Yeah. Exactly. Is that By the way, that, that series, Young Sheldon, is actually very good. The, I the, didn't see it. It's I really, it's I don't very well done. Series these um, days. I watch a lot of news. I watch a lot of sports. Nothing yeah, else. But you can, you know, you can go on. Actually, you can go on TikTok. You can go on YouTube. You can, you can see oh, yeah. clips if you don't want to watch the full thing. What is it about, Vicky? What is it's it about? It's about this this genius boy uh, who uh, is, is born in Texas to a family that he does not really fit into, but in many ways does. And uh, uh, and he's he's just charming. It's really everyone on that series does an excellent job, and that the the actor this this Ian Armitage does a terrific job. Well, it's going to be interesting because his voice is now he was born in two thousand eight, so he'd be uh, fifteen years old already. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't know if they're tying his genitals down or what they have to do, but in a year or two, it's going to be he's going to be a real teenager if he isn't already. Oh no, he is already. Oh, and yeah. you see him, yeah. He's he's yeah. He's he's not a boy, a little kid any longer. That guy from had a horrible life. Yes, he's, yes, he did. He yeah. was an epileptic. He yeah. had all sorts of. He had a horrible life. Yes, yeah. he did. What are you talking about? An oh, we're, we're back to um, a different Ian, Ian Curtis. Oh, who, Ian Curtis, who, of course, who, uh, who was killed a in Joy Division before they yep, yep, yep. New Order without him. But anyway, um, the New Order business is to thank. So much, our guests in the neighborhood, our great friends, Moisha Denberg, go to Simis.net for his music. Our, our thanks, of course, to our beloved Vicky Quaddy, who you can see in Chicago at the Greenhouse Theater in both uh, Late Night Catechism tonight and then Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun tomorrow. So, Mazel Tov, and thank you to both of you. Have a wonderful Thank you, Dave. It's wonderful to be with you. Vicky, it's great to see you again. You and take now, care of yourself. You wave as you go off to the gym, and then put your chickens in the oven. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a great one, Vicky. Thanks, and also for those photos. Bye bye. I think, David, I'm going to have to also eat simultaneously because if I don't eat before I get my hair cut, yeah, go 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 grab some food. I'll, I'll make I'll, it. I'll bring it and make it up here. I'll make it quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got other It'll stuff. It'll take me like a minute. Yeah. So anyway, my hair keeps going. Boop. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. That's my wonderful wife, Joyce. You're watching Dave's Gone By. The uh, mix of humor and talk and music, well, not music anymore, but interviews, culture. We've been doing it since 2002, and we're still doing it. The 903rd episode of the show, we are calling it Great Scott for the great fun that we had with Catherine Lee Scott. And also, we're happy to be joined by her boyfriend, um, Pat. So, yay. Uh, and what else do we have to do on this episode of the show? Well, we've got our Greeley Crimes and Old Times segment where, you know, based on stories that are in the Greeley Tribune newspaper, an actual real-life newspaper, 
from Greeley, Colorado, where Joyce and I used to live for more than a decade. And so one of the, there were two great columns in the paper every week that were based on real things. And one of them is called Cop Log, which has to do with phone calls that came into the local police department from people. And, and sometimes, of course, the police get really scary uh, phone calls of someone's been shot, someone's dying, this is happening. But other times, people are calling they themselves are probably a little under the influence or they're watching weird things happening in their neighborhood. The funniest calls are then collected by the local paper because it's public information. Um, they strip the identifiers out and then they put them once a week in a column called Cop Log, Greeley Cop Log. And big thanks to Mackenzie Morgan for taking care of that. And then in um, there's also another column that they had been running for years called 100 Years Ago. And these were items that were in the Greeley Tribune newspaper in 1923, literally 100 years ago, that our friend of the neighborhood, Mike Peters, was collating and collecting. And he would find the cutest, funniest, most nostalgic ones and get them ready for a column in our modern paper every week. So well, the bad news so far is that there hasn't been a new 100 years ago in three or four months. I'm just like destroyed. I'm sorry. For, for a couple of months, cop log went away. And it turned out to be it was this glitch between getting the information from the police department and, and having it properly scanned and put into the system at the trip. And, but finally, they worked it out. And, and cop log is back and better than ever. But just after that resolved itself, 100 years ago, disappeared. And I'm like, uh oh, what's going on over there with, with Mike Peters, our friend? I tried to contact him. And I tried to contact the paper. And interestingly enough, Mike has two different columns that he does for the trip. There's another one that he writes once or twice a week called the Gnarly Trombone, which makes no sense to anybody until he realized that people, um, when he would tell people that he worked for the Greeley Tribune, if they misheard him or they read it wrong, it sounded sort of like the gnarly trombone. And it was kind of the comic, you know, repurposing of the title of the paper. So he's, he's doing this comic, it's kind of like an art book, Waldy, uh, Dave Barry, gentle, nostalgic humor, stuff on his mind column once or twice a week for years. And then I noticed, like, along with 100 years ago, gnarly trombone disappeared from the pages of the paper over the past couple of months. And then last week I saw, oh, oh, at least Gnarly Trombone was back. Now, 100 years ago hasn't come back, but Gnarly Trombone was back. So, so my first initial gut feeling that um, Mike Peters, you know, he's an old man, was no longer with us. I was like, oh, no, no. And then I saw, wait, there's a new Gnarly Trombone. And then I looked closer this week because 100 years ago has not come back. Um, and I noticed that the gnarly trombone was actually written by his daughter. And I got this, this real sinking feeling of like, oh, remembering dad is, is like what the column was about. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but the weird thing was she basically wrote it. They, they gave her a guest column to do this piece about how wonderful her father, Mike Peters, is. But he's not dead. He, it just was like a post-Father's Day 
um, recollection and memory of her father for the paper because you know she's been her dad forever and then she's in her 40s and he's been doing these columns forever and and she said somewhere in the column that even though he's not been in the paper the past few weeks this is not an obituary or anything it's just he's, he's been taking this break now i do get a sort of a sinking feeling that when he does something for that like that for that long it may be and this is just total supposition something's going on Something medical it isn't just a vacay. I hope that's not true. I hope he just needed some time away from having to grind out a column week or several columns week after week after week. I hope he comes back for both of those columns to the trip. If he doesn't, for whatever reason, he's certainly done us great service and done us great service for the show because we get so much comedy and joy from 100 years ago. And he was the one doing cop log. For, for many, many years until some other people took it over. So anyway, a big shout out to the still alive and hopefully well Mike Peters, even though long way of saying Coplog is still, oh, and we're just going to have one item. I mean, Coplog is fine. Still going to have just one item from 100 years ago on this particular segment that we do, which is called Greeley Crimes. No, sorry. In my ear there, Grilly Crimes and Old Times. Yes, Grilly Crimes and Old Times here on the day of Scott by Facebook, your podcast, your program, your of the stream. We're live on. So, so upset. I know I spoke so upset all over myself. Oh, hello. I know you're live. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, no, I was telling them we're live. Okay. Um, but, we're live. <laughs> oh, we got a show going on. And I was, I was going to say we were live on this July fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three. And what happened? I almost I did you wipe it off or change your shirt? I wasn't wearing a shirt. Before I know. I know. Yeah, I saw the soap suds all over it. I'm like. Mm. You didn't see it? Did you see them? No, no, of course not. No. You told me. I'm just. When did you do it? I couldn't have seen it. You were, you were downstairs making food. Anyway, just in time, because we're just about to start our Grilly Crimes at All Times with a crime. Are you on the air? Yeah. So here's the deal. A caller on third... Don't worry about the noise. It's just deep. Oh, my because, God. Um, Otherwise, you'll be mad. Yeah. Yeah, the battery's going on that one, too. Or it could be the heat. A caller on 13th Avenue reported a man walking around the apartment complex with a shower rod and looking under vehicles. So, I don't know, are they spraying that much oil? That, I think he's looking for his pet snake. That could be. That could happen. Herbert. Herbert. Herbert, yeah, could, could have been. Could have been. Um, also, remember, these are true things that actually people phoned into the police department to warn the cops were happening. Um, are you live? <laughs> I always say that we're live on this Saturday, July 15th, 2020. I, I always say we're live on this July 15th because it very often isn't July 15th. But I will say we're live. Why was your guest on for two hours? Uh, she wasn't, but they logged in early. Oh. And then the, the um, conversation was half an hour. And then the, you know, sometimes the, the even even though I cut the quiz down to seven questions, sometimes it just takes and takes and takes and takes. Well, 
problem, right? Well, yeah, we have the technical problems too. So, you know, so, and I'm always wondering, how the hell do, do seven questions take more than an hour to get through? How? How's that possible? You know, when they do 50 or 60 questions on Jeopardy in about 24 minutes, you know? That's true. I, I, still, I still don't, you know, time expands and contracts. Anyway, a caller on 9th Avenue reported a dead body under a bridge. Turned out, what do you think it really was? You're on the right track. You are very on the right track. Um, a barrel? No, 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 stick with mannequin. But what kind? A blow-up doll. Yes, it's a blow-up sex doll. <laughs> Floating under a bridge. Why? Under the bridge. I raped the mannequin. <laughs> Why? Why? Where was it? Uh, this, really? Well, Ninth Avenue. And I don't know what street. I don't know where there would be. I keep thinking of something like water under, but it might not be a water kind of a bridge. You know, with a with sex doll floating there like... <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why we call this really crimes. And all I thought the person who called in did it. Oh, yeah. Like it's one of those pranks, you know, where they do it and then they call Oh, and they want to be... That's interesting. That could be. That could be. This is... <sighs> this is sad. Hmm. A caller on 21st Street. Hold on. Wanted, it? sorry. You can hear it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wanted these removed from the open space behind her home. What? What do you think these were? Primates. Prairie dogs. Mm. Prairie dogs, which I loved. And she wanted the, the you know, because they're making all these holes and things, she wanted them removed. Mm. Well, they're bad for horses and cows. They are, but maybe there weren't horses and cows there. Just holes and, and, you know, and marmot guano. Maybe you could work with her to make some kind of prairie dog sanctuary. Like, we have a pretty decent-sized backyard here. Yeah. You know? Oh, the only thing is we get deer. We don't want them to fall and break their exactly. deer legs. Yeah. So you can understand the dilemma, right? I can. Okay. I can understand the dilemma. But still. But still. If I have all these cute little marmots to look at, peeping and peeping all night long, keeping me awake, <laughs> wouldn't that be the most lovely thing? <sighs> a man, now this is unrelated to the doll under the bridge, presumably. A man on 10th Street, well, he had asked this question. He asked the police if it was illegal oh, no. That's never a good story. to have intercourse in the backyard. Yeah. What? With himself? Well, I, you know, my first question is what kind, with what? With whom, when? I don't know. If you're in your yard, you I know, think it's, but if you can't, people can't see you. Right? Um, is it public indecency yeah. if you've got coverage? I mean, nobody can see you, but if it's like an open yard, right? But the problem is, let's say you have a, an office building there, and they can, you know, look down as opposed to you know neighbors on the same level where they really can't see anything. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, some, some kid on a diving board at the local pool, if they're in the water, no problem, but if they're literally standing on the diving board about to jump, and suddenly like, oh, oh, you, it, it, yeah, it becomes interesting. So, really crimes in all times. Let's have another criminal item here on 
Dave's gone by a caller on 50th Avenue said that a man wearing a military green, well, military green, and he was also wearing night vision goggles, was carrying a firearm around the park. I would call the cops on that one. That one, you know, it's like any one of those, maybe kind of let him be. Because some people, you know, you're allowed to you have a carry, whatever, a permit. Um, military green, a lot of people see that as a fashion statement. They'll wear khaki. They'll wear the things from what the happened? Army Navy. Tell me it missed the... So, so man wearing, three, doing three things. Military yeah. green, uh-huh. wearing night vision goggles. During the day? Which is probably the creepiest thing. At night? This was at 7.30 in the evening. So, so it's it light it dark out. enough to wear, yeah. like, I think night vision goggles you're supposed to wear when it's, like, dark. Oh, so he, he wearing pretty early, 7.30, this time of year, what like he doing? three weeks ago. And he was carrying a firearm. Mm-hmm. So I think the three together is a little too Rambo-esque. Unless it's hunting season and they're in a, a, a designated hunting area. Well, this is 50th Avenue. I don't think there's... 50th uh, Avenue? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I don't... Uh, is there a forest up there? Could be. I don't remember it well enough. It was, it was always between us and the vet. It was one of those avenues that was like, because we were up 20th Street and we hit like 60-something Avenue for the vet. So I don't really... Were they filming Rambo? That could be. The sequel, sequel, sequel. I don't know. Mm. Or don't... Schwarzenegger. We saw the documentary. Maybe he's doing a play, a show. Here, here is uh, here we go. A woman on Fourth Avenue said, "It's back working." Oh yay! Oh yay! This woman said that a neighbor told her oh, no. the water tells you somebody told me. That's never good. Well, but hmm, is it psychological or is it an explanation? Okay. A neighbor told her the water line yeah. contained a lot of methane. And she said the water in Greeley caused her to have slurred speech. Could happen. And I'm wondering. I mean, some, really. Could some it? people are, no, not methane, but maybe some, she's sensitive to, maybe someone was putting something in. You know, I watched a lot of Agatha Christie. Maybe oh, yeah. somebody was putting something in her water in her home. You know what I would love? To, I would love to sell, like, Dave's fart water. <laughs> Just, yeah, hold it regular water. You know, we, we have downstairs the soda stream. Right, you, you press the thing, it goes... Yeah, but that's not fart. That's what is? Well, that's that's carbon dioxide, right? Carbon dioxide getting the, the bubbles in there. Instead of that, instead of that, you hold the bottle to my buttocks, or between my buttocks, and I, I let out one good, not liquid. I'm not doing any of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do any of that. You want to drink my methane water? No, I don't, I don't want to drink methane. Why would you? Because you probably... Um, keep getting a reminder. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to leave it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's finish up really quickly. No, 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 we have time, but yeah. I would not want to drink anything that has poo-poo in it. And if you're poo- if you're putting your tushy, if you're putting your tushy above something and may- and, and pooping in it, you're yeah. probably also leaving a little... Maybe, maybe not. Remember we were watching yesterday, um, or a day ago, QI, the British TV series, and they gave the lie to that, that thing that we all heard growing up, that if you leave a toothbrush out in your bathroom... Yeah, you still get poo in it, but it's no. not bad enough to kill you. Oh, all right. That's what they said. You didn't listen. 
Well, all right, listen closely. So you, you might get some bacteria, but they're not going to hurt you. They could hurt some people, so you know, but if it's you, not bad enough to ban. Because I was warning you, you know, don't leave your toothbrushes out, don't leave them uncovered, because of the toilet's open, <laughs> comes out of it, and it lands, and, and it can make you sick and give you, you colostrium and whatever. And it, that's not a word, is it? <laughs> e. coli, honey. E. coli, right. Yeah, that's so, from your poo-poo. And then they said, yeah, if anything comes up, it's so minimal, it's not going to affect you. It's not going to bother your tooth. So... What makes you think if you were to hold a bottle of water to my ass and I were to break no. wind into it, no. I, might, I might create both bubbles and a methane flavor. And I could, we could label it like whatever I had for lunch and dinner that day. No. And you can, it, the water I would have that. I don't want any part of this. You wouldn't have, no. You, no? No. No. Are you sure? I'm sure. Well, anyway, let's do something one old-time thing. Okay. We have one okay. old-time for this week. Old-times means this was in the paper from 100 years ago in the Greeley Tribune. Now available in Greeley mm -hmm. is Columbine Evaporated Pure Milk. It comes in 24 beautiful colors. What? That's, that's the part that got me. It comes in 24 beautiful what colors. What does it call the name? Columbine evaporated pure Columbine evaporated pure milk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they mean the, the jars, the bottles, the I cans. Because the idea of milk coming in any other color really than sort of pale off white is is really more disgusting to me than farting into a bottle of water and creating methane water, which I will do for a price. My idea. I, well, I get 10%. I don't know what that is. Have, I mean, we're talking about 1923 here. They have pictures. Oh, really? Are they all different colors? No, it's just a picture of the same. It's just a picture of like a packet of milk. And here's what I don't understand also. Why isn't evaporated milk invisible? Like, if it evaporated, it shouldn't be there anymore, right? So, so it should be just an open bottle and air. Why would you milk in multiple colors? I, I, this, I don't know. I do not know. I mean, understand, you know, like, like potato chips will change the color of the bag. They'll do this. They'll have a little fun of the bag. But the way they phrased it, they make it sound like the milk itself comes in multiple colors. And I do not want to see those cows. Mm -mm. I don't know. I mean, this was before Monsanto. I don't want to know what they're doing. What they're feeding those cows. I think they're putting food coloring. That would be my, like, they get the yeah. milk and then they're food coloring it. But like the Oreos. So maybe they want it so the kids will drink it. And so they're making it different colors. And the oh, the orange milk. It. Who doesn't want yeah, this? But they, we heard about them putting orange in margarine or something. Remember the oh, Vicky yeah. and them? Yeah. They had to mix orange in their margarine and... Well, the orange color of the margar of the margarine that we we don't really use margarine, but we were when I grew up, we had margarine. It was orange. Yeah, yellowish. Well, well, yellow. We're it wasn't like the actual yellow. So they, what they, is margarine made of? Hold on. In modern times. What is margarine made of? Vegetable shortening. According to Healthline, margarine is a butter substitute typically made by combining water and vegetable oils such as soybean, corn, palm, canola, or olive oils. And they had salt colorings, natural and artificial flavors. Yeah. But back in the day, they were, you know, this guy, that Maget, 
was experimenting with all different things. Maybe fat lipids. It was it was certainly not kosher. He was he was doing things oh, yeah, with cow fat. Look, Vicky was right. It's illegal for Wisconsin state prisons to serve margarine. Wow. Huh. I think that's just a smear campaign. Who <laughs> <laughs> would think margarine would be illegal? I mean, I, yeah. I I I don't know. Um, hmm. I can't believe it's why not is untrue. No longer called margarine. It isn't. And said there was a lawsuit. Yeah. Now it's called spread. Hmm. I don't know. If I were in prison and I heard the phrase, do you want spread? <laughs> no spread's illegal in prison. Yeah, no, thank goodness. I think maybe that is why. That sounds like a, a very good reason why. Yes. You and I have more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's have. Because I'm going to have to go in for like five minutes. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Let's do it. Because I got one more elsewhere. Okay. And this is this this makes me so happy. And we've already been alluding to this. This was in the New York Post. Is it the syphilis tsunami? It's not, we talked about that. that oh, was okay, a, okay. And who knew? And I, I love the serendipity of this show because the answer, the, the, it wasn't the right answer, but, but in the quiz, we yes. had a question about syphilis yes. that I wrote three days I before we, yes, we even know. saw the syphilis thing. You know. So today's secret word is syphilis. That'd be great if, if you bet your life, Groucho Marx, I could do that word one time. Syphilis? Yeah. Yeah, but it's important to know, like, if you, if you have any bad things going on, you know, in your oh, yeah, yeah. downstairs areas, you need to fix it. But I just love the idea of, like, Groucho Marx trying to goad a contestant into somehow using the word syphilis in a sentence. Accidentally, you know, without knowing it. I if they could say stuff like that years ago. Maybe their standards were different, you know. Maybe. But this was this week. Mm -hmm. As published by the New York Post on their page six, which is generally for like celebrity gossip and things, and like out on the town, New York. Here's the writing, and it's quite fun. You know, the writer had fun time writing this. Camelot, oh. it ain't. Uh -oh. Page six regrets to report oh, no. that a press dinner to boost Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign devolved into a foul bout of screaming and lore on Tuesday night. Now, you know RFK Jr., he's, he's you know, a yeah, little... Yeah, the Kennedys, but the Kennedy name, right? Yeah, he, he's a Kennedy for sure, except his policies are like, all yeah. over the place. The White House hopeful attended the affair at Tony's on the Upper West Side, uh, Upper East Side, excuse what is me. It, like a upper East Side. place? Yeah, like a, like a semi-fancy restaurant place. He wanted to impress on his attendees, mm -hmm. or the attendees, his worthiness to sit at the same Oval Office desk As once the, occupied by his late uncle. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but. Maybe. But. A shouting match over climate change. What? Broke out between two boisterous old men. <laughs> sending the evening down an extremely unfortunate it. path. I love it. Now remember, RFK is only is not he's there. It's a, a thing for him, but there's two old guys who get into it, I love it. at the thing. Here we go. I love it. There's yeah. more. The exchange to which page six bore reluctant witness began after a guest asked Kennedy, the candidate, founder of ecological organization Waterkeeper Alliance, yeah. about the environment. This mere inquiry alone was enough to set off apparently drunk gossip columnist turned PR flack Doug Dayshirt. Who's that? Yeah. Well, he was the host of the event. So he was, oh, no! God! 
the host should not be drinking at all. No, I mean I would. I don't know a lot about these things, but I would think that's. I'm just tracking my food. And he was drunk off his ass. Um, but he was also hosting. He, you know, he won the RFK for president. Yeah, yeah, he was supportive and convivial, I guess. And well, so, anyway. Yeah. This guy, this this Doug Dayshirt, became enraged mm -hmm. at the question mm -hmm. and screamed at the top of his lungs, "The climate hoax!" During the dinner. Yeah, during oh, the, the okay. Q and A thing. Okay. Meanwhile, octogenarian art critic Anthony Hayden guest who had been sleeping happily through the dinner. <laughs> oh, I like that. I sleep through, I yeah. sleep through dinner, too. Uh, well, he was roused by the rumpus. The yelling, of course. Yeah. He opened his eyes and denounced his longtime pal, Deshert, calling him, quote, a miserable blob. <gasps> those, are, those are fighting words. Well, I love it. Miserable blob. Deshert continued to scream while Hayden guessed, shouting at him, shut up! <laughs> Quote, you're insignificant and fucking insane, unquote. RFK Jr. watched calmly as things devolved even further. This is, this is, I swear to you, I swear to you. Dayshirt then let out a loud, prolonged fart. While yelling. As if. To underscore his point, <laughs> I'm farting! Is this on video? Only in New York. Oh, I hope someone has a cell phone. Oh, I wonder. I'm sure everything is video. Like, you know, oh. do you ever have like a moment where you're like, God, I hope nobody's videotaping me. Like, you know, I'm sure like if you're not yourself and you're intoxicated or under some influence and you do things, you don't want people to... No. No, but we were walking into the museum yesterday. Into the Baltimore oh, yeah. Museum of Art. And the poor woman. And behind us, I mean, it almost sounded like a joke machine. Oh, no, that was real. Yeah. A woman very loudly <laughs> farted. And I mean, like... No, it was a young, it was a young girl. Oh, it was a young girl? A young yes. girl farted. Yeah, it was a young girl. And I didn't even, I, I didn't it even was, laugh. It was a young girl and she had something wrapped on her ankle. I'm sure she did. <laughs> It was trying to hold the air into her leg. That's what hurt her. She was in pain. What? Did pain make you fart? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so let me finish because I know you got to go. But we have a, a little bit more of this amazing story. So literally, he's see, he I'm farting. Well, God bless him. I mean, you know, own it. At least he, he owned it. I respect He owned people, it and shared it. But I respect people who don't try to lie. Like, you know. The room, which included journalists as well as RFK Jr.'s campaign manager, mm -hmm. Dennis Kucinich, was stunned. <laughs> they could not tell whether Dayshirt was farting at Hayden Guest personally <laughs> or at the very notion of global warming. Or maybe, um, well, he's, you know, maybe he just ate too much, uh, you know, uh, what, what, you know. And this is cute. This is the writer going. By the way, uh, page six confirms the climate change Definitely around the table. <laughs> when another guest approached RFK Jr. to change the subject and yes. say how much she admired his late attorney general dad. That's great. Change the topic. I mean, get off the, you know. Dayshirt and Hayden guest ignored her and continued to... <laughs> I love it. Some people can't give up an argument. Oh, I love it. The next day, 
Yeah. Dayshirt feeling sort of remorseful, and who did pay for the evening that he was hosting, right? Yeah, he, but I'm sorry, like you no, ruin okay. people's night. Like people go there. I don't know. People go to a dinner to have good food. These are probably donors. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but I assume they don't want to see a yelling farting match. <laughs> like nobody would, have, you know, I would pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he told Page Six, "quote quote oh, no. I apologize for using my flatulence." As <laughs> As a medium of public commentary in your presence. It's really a medium of dysentery, if you think. In that same conversation, he asked page six to refer to him as either, quote, a gallivanting boulevardier or, quote, a beer-fueled sex rocket. This man needs a This is why these are the people who have millions. These are the one percent, you know? I don't know. I know that the aristocracy in England, there was a lot of intermarriage, maybe. And finally, despite the sparring, he and Hayden guessed they've actually been friends for many years. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, not, not close, close, but friends. No, like but some people have that where they, you know, they like, they just yell at each other and then they're okay with it. I mean, maybe that's just their yeah. dysfunctional relationship. But Deshert wasn't kidding about feeling climate change is a hoax. So yeah, but also, right. like, you don't fart at your friend. I mean, that's, like, rude. <laughs> and tell them I'm farting. I'm farting. <laughs> that's like... <laughs> and, and Hayden Guest was reached for comment. He said, in all seriousness, global warming is, quote, a life or death issue for the planet, yeah. and to deny it is ridiculous. And then he shagged himself. <laughs> God, David, that's... <laughs> no, I made up that part. Oh, that's... Oh, no, that last part. <laughs> David, I'm going to have to... Yeah, you've got to go. go, go. So, I can't leave my phone. You have the pictures, and we'll talk about it next week. Well, that's right. That's right. I, I've got Colorado... Where's your phone? Uh, probably in the other I don't room. see it, because I want to make oh. sure so you can call me. Oh, yeah. Please, please check yeah. um, by the bed stand. Please check my office oh, nice. or my pants. It may be on my desk in my office, as opposed to my orifice, which the less said about, the better. But no, so ladies, let, let me do one more to finish up the segment. One more bit of criminality from the past couple of weeks that were in the Greeley Tribune. One last one. Sweetheart, I'm going to plug it you in. You found it? Yeah, Excellent. So I can plug it in here for you, okay? Please, 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 please. please. I just brought, this is from the other room. I just brought it in here. Yeah, gracias. Was everything okay with my phone? charging it here. Yeah. Oh, thank so you so much. Here, All right. Joyce is going to get her haircut. She's not going to the gym. She's going to her haircut. And yeah, then, I didn't oh, know, did oh, you put oh, the chicken in the oven? I don't eat meat, honey. I'm sorry. Uh, um, one more piece of of criminality. Uh, la la la. A caller on Eighth Avenue said an intoxicated man was looking into the window of the restaurant's indoor playground. He was screaming and his pants kept falling down. And yet it was not Bay shirt. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a second. It's alive. Oh, Pui just loves these stories. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that, on this July 15th, 2023, is Greeley Crimes and... Old times. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. No, he was not. I'm sure that you'll agree with me that Greeley was no fool. But he is getting an insect. Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yippee high. Yippee high. Yippee high. Yippee high. Yippee high. Yippee 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 Oh, my friends. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are watching the Dave's Gone By Show. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. If you want to write to me, 
Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is the way to do that. D-A-V-E-S-G-O-N-E-B-Y. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. You can also, of course, send me messages or post right here on the Facebook page, Dave's Gone By. Um, and, you know, I read everything you guys send. I don't necessarily have the opportunity to answer, but I'm absolutely grateful for every, everything from the little thumbs up and the okay thing, and, and the friend requests, which I can't often grant because I'm kind of backed up with 5,000 friends, but um, keep sending them at some point. You know, people leave and die and so forth, and there'll be some room. Uh, Dave's gone by at AOL.com. Also, please check our Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2. It's Radio Dave and the number 2 to, to catch our Twitter feed, which is mainly kind of like our Facebook post. I don't have really time or the wherewithal all week to post all these different things and put up zany stuff and retweet things. Mainly, it's letting you know what's going to be on upcoming shows. And so, very happy that on this show today, we've had such wonderful people like Moshe Denberg, who makes a lot of music, sometimes in a very klezmery vein, sometimes in a more modern jewish vein, and sometimes in just more jazzy, classical New Age vein. You can hear a lot of it at simmes.org, T-Z-I-M-M-E-S, or, or no, it was net. I think it was simmes. It's simmes. something. <clears throat> Look it up. But thank you to Moshe Denberg, our friend of the neighborhood. Thank you, of course, to Vicky Quadi, who does late-night catechism and other shows at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. So go see them. And she also is traveling, and she's booking things for August and beyond to go outside her locus of control of the greenhouse in Chicago and, and is playing other places all along the middle of the country and elsewhere. And big, 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 big welcome and thank you to our new friend of the neighborhood, Catherine Lee Scott, and, and to her, her beau, her, her boyfriend, Pat, too. I, I, I forget whether it was O'Malley or O'Connell, something Irish, Forgive me. I don't remember his name, but he was a good sport for sticking around and playing some of the Today, Yesterday trivia quiz. And Catherine, a really good sport, talking to Rabbi Saul and then playing the quiz. And go see her. She is going to be August 25th through the 27th at the Mad Monster Expo in Concord, North Carolina, madmonster.com for tickets. For, so if you're a Dark Shadows fan, you want to buy her books, have her sign her books, meet her in person. She's obviously like, I mean, the woman is in her 80s and she looks like she just turned 60. It's amazing. Uh, and, and behaves like it too. So definitely, definitely. And check out her own website, katherineleescott.com for her many books. So grateful to have people like that in the neighborhood. We're also kind of grateful to have Rabbi Saul Solomon in the neighborhood. He is, of course, the founder of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Find out more about him at shalomdammit.com. Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T, shalomdammit.com. You can read and hear and sometimes watch his rabbinical reflections there. There are many sermons of about five to seven minutes each. Or, and, not just or, and, you can watch the TV show that he did for Long Island Cable TV back in, uh, oh, a decade or so ago. They're really, really funny. And his great stage show, Shalom Dammit, An Evening with Rabbi Saul Solomon, taped 
at the Richmond Shepherd Theater um, a bit more than a decade ago. And it's, it's all there. You can watch it and enjoy it. It's all there at shalomdammit.com with links. Not because on YouTube, but the links are to the, the YouTube um, videos of Rabbi Saul. Now, these are all people who have been on the program today, July 15th. But there have been folks who've been on Dave's Gone By last week. A month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And we like to keep tabs on them and kind of let you know, hey, what are they up to? Well, these are our friends of the neighborhood. Okay, so... Uh, friends of the Neighborhood, it's like, hey, so-and-so was on this program back in the day. They're still acting. They're still writing. They're still making music. What are they up to now? So, for example, I want to give a big congratulations to James Shapiro. He is a Shakespeare scholar and educator at Columbia University. And his June interview with um, theater director Kenny Leon uh, is in the Atlantic Monthly magazine. And you can read about it. It's all about because Leon is directing uh, Hamlet for Shakespeare in the Park, the public theater, New York Shakespeare Festival in New York this summer. So uh, James Shapiro sat down to do an interview with Kenny Leon because they're both right now, of course, experts about Macbeth. So you want to check that out. And Shapiro's just, uh, if you get to see the TV show, he hosted uh, a series about Shakespeare. Just a brilliant guy, but also very down to earth to listen to. Uh, and then and check out, of course, our interview with him a couple of years ago on Dave's Gone By. I want to let you know that Steve Ross, and this is happening, oh, this was, oh shoot, this happened yesterday. Well, he and Karen Akers did a Bastille Day show at Pangea. But I'm sorry, that was last night. Mm. But tonight, or is it, no, the 18th. Got to get better glasses. The 18th of July, first of all, Eddie Brill is doing a comedy workshop at Sticks and Stones Comedy in Southampton, New York. You'll want to check that out on the 18th. So is it 15th? I think it's Tuesday night then. Tuesday also, the movie, finally, finally, the movie Joke Man about Jackie the Joke Man Martling. It's a bio of this great comedian has finally been released. You can buy it, you know, online in places that you buy videos. And we've been trying to get Jackie on again uh, over the past couple of years. We're hoping that will happen, especially in conjunction with the release of his movie. But congrats to Jackie Martling. The, the bio movie has come out. Um, and I mentioned Eddie Brill a moment ago that on Tuesday, he'll be in Southampton. He's there the next night with Sticks and Stones comedy, joined by his own son, who's also a stand-up comedian. So check out Eddie Brill on the 18th and the 19th in the Sticks and Stones Comedy Club in Southampton, New York. On the 19th, also on Wednesday, Jane Sibbery will be giving a Zoom update of her latest album project. It's $20, but she'll play tracks from it in their current form. She'll talk about it, maybe take like Zoom questions and things. Uh, you can get tickets to this at Magic hyphen the dog hyphen dot com. Is it a hyphen or a dash? It's magic, uh, sorry, magic for the for dog period 
Sibbery.com for Jane Sibbery, S-I-B-E-R-R-Y. Brilliant singer-songwriter. Um, running from Wednesday through the weekend, Lucy Arnaz. Our great friend Lucy Arnaz is at 54 below. I'm right in the middle of... Um, it's just funny how serendipitous these things are. I'm literally in the middle of making slides for my fall course that I'll be teaching about film history and media history. So I'm just at the point last night of doing the slides that, thank God, I inherited from the chair of the department who was letting me use all his work. Um, and, and we're at the point where TV comes into the picture in the 1950s. And so to show examples of television and what it was like in three cameras set up and all that, we're, we're showing a Twilight Zone and we're also showing an I Love Lucy. Not the, the grape stompy one, but the chocolate one. Uh, so it's just funny that literally last night, and here we are this next morning, I'm letting you know that her daughter, who's been on this show, Lucy Arnaz, will be doing a few nights at 54 Below this coming week. Gary Morgenstein's play, A Black and White Cookie, is being done in Los Angeles at the 905 Theater. That is running from the 21st through the 20th of August. So check out A Black and White Cookie if you're on the other side of the country. Dakin Matthews is playing Merlin in the Broadway Camelot. That's a Lincoln Center production at the Vivian Beaumont Theater, and you have only one more week to catch it. Um, Camelot on Broadway. Robert Cuccioli is playing Prospero in Shakespeare's The Tempest. That is at the Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival in Center Valley, PA. Very talented man. Go see him in this lead role in a classic Shakespeare play. Toga Feldshu is in Funny Girl at the August Wilson Theater on Broadway. Lilius White is in Town on Broadway at the Walter Kerr. And you can hear Alan Menken's music in both Aladdin on Broadway and Little Shop of Horrors off. K.T. Sullivan holds down the fort Tuesday evenings at the Algonquin Theater, while Seth Bissenhirsch does his Seth's Talent Show at Don't Tell Mama every Tuesday night. Remember also that on Saturdays you can hear uh, Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano. They are holding court at Birdland. And let's not forget, um, except I've forgotten, oh, uh, Jim Caruso's cast party every Monday night at Birdland. So, Shout out also to my friend Evan Seplo, founder of StageBuddy.com website. And a shout out to Dr. Demento, who does old and new Dr. Demento shows at DrDemento.com. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. And hey, I um, also want to... Since we're shouting out, uh, congratulations and hey to our great friend David Sheward, who usually plays the Today Yesterday Quiz. He's got the vacation of a lifetime. He's out there in Turkey, and I think he's going to Italy, and he's just posting all these wonderful things on his Facebook page. And he seems to be having the most absolutely wonderful time of his life, uh, he and his husband, and I hope they are. And I hope to get them back in the neighborhood by early fall. I um, want to also give a shout-out to Leslie Hoban Blake, who's seeing her family this week. Uh, you can watch her on Two on the Isle, with our other friend Charlie Gross, that's Two on the Isle, their YouTube channel of theater reviews and interviews. And by the way, um, 
you can, of course, read David Sheward. He put up um, a blog about his trip at his blog, The David Desk, The David Desk for David Sheward. Okay, well, it's about 10 minutes before noon. We've had some fun, haven't we, kids? We've had Rabbi Sal with um, Catherine Lee Scott and, and then Pat playing the Shaday Yesterday Trivia Quiz with Vicky and Moshe. We've had our Greeley Crimes of All Times. We've talked about museuming in Baltimore and our gonorrhea alert. Let's make it even worse by doing our Colorado limerick of the damned. Because Joyce and I lived in Colorado, in northern Colorado, for more than a decade, and I got it into my head, hey, wouldn't it be fun to write a poem about as many different places in Colorado as I possibly could? They're all short, they're pretty much all in limerick form, and, uh, and because they're limericks, they're all tasteless, disgusting, evil, the way I like them. So, with that in mind, with that said, this week's Colorado Limerick of the Damned, we go to Towner, Colorado. I know you haven't heard of it. It's real. Towner, Colorado. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines, in which lines one, two, and five would end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So, this is a limerick... Colorado, 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 indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Towner, Colorado, is where we go this week. I'm going to tell you that Towner is the easternmost town in the whole state of Colorado. It's in Kiowa County, and it has a whopping population of 18. So, yeah, it's a small, small little place, but rather nice, as so much of Colorado is. Um, it, it, in fact, back, back in the day, people living in Kansas would cross the border, because the border from Kansas is only two miles away. They would go to um, Towner, Colorado, because Kansas was dry at that point, and Colorado wasn't. So they could grab their booze and, and bring it over. Uh, or, or I guess they couldn't bring it over. They could have some booze in Colorado and then drive back carefully to Kansas. Originally called Memphis, Towner, was then named after a railroad worker. You know, how many Memphises do you need? Uh, Wikipedia tells us that Towner has not one, but two big grain elevators. I mean, okay, Turkey, fine, Paris, but it's Towner that has the grain elevators. Um, in 1930, well, this isn't, this isn't happy, 1931, five children and their bus driver died when the bus got stranded by a blizzard. So, you know, there was, when I mean, we think of why, why in this day and age do schools still have um, what you call snow days and, and days off for kids? I, I think that obviously really started many, many, many years back when a snow day was a serious ass thing. Anyway, in Towner right now, there's lots of fishing and hunting and biking and hiking, and the town votes 88% Republican, which is like, okay, well, but there's only 18 people in it. So <laughs> it's not swinging any major elections, let's just say that. Anywho, Towner, Colorado, I have a poem for them, a Colorado limerick of the damned. 
This girl that I dated from Towner was pretty, but really a downer. One day at the beach, oh, how she did screech. It took half the morning to drown her. And that is our Colorado Limerick of the Damned for this Saturday, July 15th, 2023. Please send your comments and especially your complaints and your hate mail to Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. Or feel free to message me or post right on this Facebook page. Um, and, oh, I also want to remind you about another website. Don't forget DaveLefkowitz.org. DaveLefkowitz.org. That is also me, but that is my writing. So if you want to read the interviews that I've done with so many famous people, um, if you want to read my song lyrics, you want to read my one-act plays and my full-length plays and uh, news things about the theater that I've written for a bunch of different websites, there's hundreds and hundreds of items, and we're trying to add more as we can. Dave Lefkowitz. Dot org. Do check it out. You might you might enjoy some of the stuff, or uh, you know, if you're looking for a review, let's say, of a play that ran off Broadway in the early 1990s. Really, not going to find that much stuff on the web. You, you'll find perhaps, probably, the New York Times review because that's the word of God, and they spend all this money to be found first. But then it's like, was anybody else writing about these shows? And they were for newspapers that you have to get on microfilm or microfiche or for websites that no longer exist anymore, that just vanished into the, uh, into the ether. Whereas, you know, I'm putting up these reviews that I wrote back in the day, they're there. So it gives you another perspective on some of these shows. It's davelefkowitz.org. And of course, davesgoneby.com for the archives of this program going all the way back to the very first. Our first 15 years were audio only, we're a radio show. Now, of course, we do the video every Saturday from 9 until noonish or thereabouts. Well, um, there's more stuff I would probably rather want to wait for Joyce to come back next week and, and talk about that. So we will. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, I'll do this a little bit, a little bit, and then I'll let you guys go for so you can get your chickens in the oven. Um, this past week or so, the New York Times, we're just talking about them, paper of record, fired. No, no, I, I shouldn't say that. They disbanded their sports department. Apparently what happened was a couple of years ago, they bought an online sports reporting outlet called The Athletic. It's a website. They bought it for like more than uh, $550 million. And just to have it there, I, I, whatever. Maybe they, people then saw the future coming. And the Times still maintained its sports reportage, its reporters, and, and covered games. It's a New York newspaper. They covered the Yankees, the Mets, the Islanders. And then they decided, I, I guess just for the sake of economy and the sake of everything else, they're like, well, we don't need a sports department anymore. We've got this website that accurately and fairly reports on sports and bigger trends in sports. So we can take all the writers that we had and, and the art people and whatever who are doing our sports section that nobody reads because nobody gets our copy paper anymore and people get the scores and things earlier in different ways. 
They didn't, apparently, they did not fire anybody. They didn't lay off anybody. They just took the sports reporters and put them to different parts of the paper, finding other things for them to write about and do. And then occasionally the bigger sports story, the, the bigger picture thing. And I, okay, I get it. And if there's still going to be some uh, a sports thing in the Times, it's just like, it's amazing how many papers now don't even bother to like cover last night's game in any meaningful way because people are watching the game or they're getting the scores like immediately or first thing they wake up and it's just not, not the same. There's a point in it and they get the stats immediately and stuff. I don't know. I, I think again, something has been lost. Like when 15 years ago, I think all the theater critics, and I, I take this very personally, theater critics in so many papers were given the golden parachute or they were told, well, you're no longer full-time, we no longer can afford to pay you benefits, but we'll hire you um, as a part-timer, as an adjunct, if you will. Uh, you'll cover less, you'll write less, but you'll still keep your stuff in there and you'll still review shows. You just won't be, you know, you won't have a desk anymore. Just send it to us as you can. And, and this is what arts journalism became. You won't review things, you'll do preview pieces and interviews more than actual reviews and things because it's more about clicks and getting people to read and building up the arts community rather than having a critical eye on things. And arts has gone on, theater's gone on since then. Maybe not the same, maybe not as good. I don't, you know, I'm not sure, but I don't know what this means in terms of, you know, newspaper sports, newspaper coverage, of what a newspaper, you know, when, when, when growing up, if you were a sports fan, um, you got the paper in the morning with your orange juice, with your egg, with whatever, and, you know, you flipped to the back page. I, I wasn't like, I wasn't such a rabid sports fan, but I'm sure guys, people who wanted to know about the Yankees, what they were up to, and what was the Jet game like, boom, to the back page, boom, boom, boom and then, oh, what happened in the game? You know, what's the lines, what's the box score, what's the thing? And, and then who dot what and how many hits and, and see little charts and things. And then read somebody else covering a sort of a bigger story about the game or one of the players or what's going on with the team. Because there'd be two pages about the same team. And then another page or two about the other team. And then, oh, you know, here's what's happening with the Islanders that are starting training camp. And here's, and then, you know, your post, I think, used to have like two pages on horse racing. Remember that? Ah, I don't know. I never read the two pages on horse race. I mean, I, I glanced at it. That was the beautiful thing about papers in the old days, too. It would slam on your couch or the kitchen table, and if you just turn the pages, you got a bigger sense of the world, rather than, you know, shrinking, shrinking, just read what's interesting directly to you, or looking for, or searching out, oh, I want to read about this, this is my thing, not even thinking about stuff that doesn't cross my eyes the way it used to when you would turn a page and you'd see an advertisement or an editorial or a Dear Abby or a comedy column or the Sudoku puzzle and, and then some sports and then this and that. Since I'm old, I'm 59, I kind of miss it. Uh, but times go on, times change. And I just, I, I wonder if this conglomeration, this agglomeration, won't be the next step for all the entertainment columns, won't be the next step probably for gossip, won't perhaps be the next step for international news coverage. Why have 
an international staff of a newspaper, if they can find you know, a bigger blanket thing like AP or, or Reuters or something and just buy into it and let them do and just have your staff, skeletal staff in a building because everybody can work from home and then write the occasional story about whatever. Anywho, that's my thought. If you have a thought, email me, davesgoneby at aol.com, davesgoneby at aol.com. Well, it's three minutes after 12 Eastern time in the neighborhood. You've been watching the 903rd episode of Dave's Gone By, and we do expect to be, at, to be back next Saturday morning. I imagine it's the 22nd. Would that be right? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yes, July 22nd, 2023, with the 900th. And fourth ah, episode of the show. So I think I said I called it the 900 seconds. Actually, this was the 903rd. So thank you again to all our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for watching. Stay cool, for goodness sakes. And uh, if you're going to fart at an important political dinner occasion, remember to tell people that, hey, they'll probably hear it anyway. But own it, as my wife said. I'm farting! And, <laughs> gone by. Days gone by. Days gone by. Days gone by. Days gone by.